fullback belly. Three tight ends, including Haydner. Kuhn is the fullback with the first and goal. Kuhn gets the ball. Pile Dive brought to you by the good people at the Rotor Street Journal. Action is your lead blocker to fantasy glory, paving the way to fantasy excellence, making all your football-related fantasies come true. I'm your host, Nat The Truth Jones. A day early. With me, as always, the wolf of Rotor Street himself. Couldn't make it happen on Thursday, but hell if we're going to let this week go by without telling all you folks what we think. So here we are on Wednesday. Those of you that show up, thanks a lot. If you're here and you think your buddies don't know that we're on right now, freaking tell them. Wolf, how's it going? Doing great. As you mentioned, we appreciate anyone that was willing to just jump in live with us a day early here. If you're catching the replay, welcome on in as well. So great to see you. Cheers to week eight being here. I'm actually officiating a wedding coming up this weekend in the of rehearsal. Course. Of course you are. Right. So, uh, yeah, you shall refer to me as Father Wolf the rest of the show, and you can be damned to hell if you make any wrong calls. So be careful here, Wolfpack. Uh, you've got the blessings or potential damnation on you but no i'm very excited for one of my best friends getting married rehearsal dinner tomorrow so had to bump it up a day like you said though cannot go a week without of course giving you our higher lower hail marys all the news you need to know previewing an actually good potential Thursday night football game i think it should be good i don't know both offenses kind of struggling these days just excited overall to talk some ball with you though couldn't go a week without it like you said so the bar has been lowered to the point where now like you know yes this does at face value reflexively look like uh, an intriguing game. The problem is that the Bucks are so terrible that I'm wondering if it's actually going to be a good game. And I mean, the, you know, the Ravens are not great either, but I, I put them a, a level above the Bucks. I mean, the Bucks just seem awful to me. Don't they just seem terrible? Yeah. Yeah, they sure right. do. Yeah, yeah, right. The fucking Panthers. Like, what, what argument do we have for any reason to believe in the Bucks? I don't understand how the Ravens are getting points here. We'll talk about the game. Ravens are favored by, or uh, Ravens rather, are the underdog by a point and a half against the Bucks. I obviously smash the Ravens if that's going to be the line. I get the Bucks are at home. I get Brady in these type of situations has historically come through and turned his team around. But it just seems like a different Brady. It seems like a different team. I'm on the I'm on the Ravens here with the points. What are, what are your thoughts? I'm also with the Ravens, by the way. Chris Thomason just uh, put in the comments, hey, boys, IDK if it's my phone, but the screen's black. Chris, I'm watching on YouTube, and I can see us, so it's probably your phone, but uh, thanks for letting us know because it's not like we're above technical difficulty here. It does happen sometimes, but I I think this time it's actually not on our end. Um, Look, I want to smash the Ravens here too. I'm a little gun-shy because for a change, you and I actually agreed last time on the the Cardinals-Saints game. We were like, Saints in the under, and it was like way over and the same. Right. I mean, so I, I feel I felt really stupid and like the over under ended up being like 76, something like that. So, yeah, I, I think the Ravens in the under is probably where I'm going, but uh, doesn't necessarily mean you should listen to me. I'm just going by the eye test. The Bucks just look terrible. Yeah, I'm with you, too. It's weird. It's scary to be a line and the Ravens are two form one against the spread. So not a good record there. Uh, the over is also low, two and five in Baltimore's games, but it feels low for this one, 45 and a half. I agree. It does seem low. Like if these offenses get going, I don't think either defenses are playing particularly well. And, and the Ravens have a terrific, like, just 
terrible secondary, given all the injuries they've suffered, given up you know top three points to wide receivers, top you know seven to quarterbacks. It could be a good get-right spot for Tom Brady here after a couple weeks of struggling. Granted, he didn't take advantage of good matchups against Pittsburgh, Carolina either, though. I do think the over hits. I think the Ravens hit despite these. The over is also one in six in Tampa Bay game though this season. So like overs in general have been very, very poor. And maybe I'm a little just like tainted from last week after just like right. you mentioned, we were off by 30 points on the over under as a lot of people were. Too. And I felt good about that under. I got to say, I've been smashing the under just because of the numbers. Like it's the under has been the smart play. Last week, I actually felt good about it. And I, I did was, too. And I was right. just completely wrong. I guess the two weeks before that, given like the commanders and the, you know, those awful games, the Broncos, worst team in the league. Like it was easy to get those under. Over under like 22. Yeah. I I do think this one hits the over though. Uh, There is some intriguing news to go through into that game. And Wolfpack, if you're here with us, that early thumbs up does help us get out to more people. It'd be so greatly appreciated if you like what you're hearing. Hit that thumbs up button, whether you're here live, whether you're catching the replay after the fact, it is so greatly appreciated. We wouldn't beg for it if it didn't truly help beat that algorithm and get out to more people. We've been growing yeah. at a great rate and it's because of your guys' support. So thanks again for being here. Uh, let's dive into some of this news truth. Absolutely. We are still trying. Uh, we're not working up till kickoff. We are still trying to get off 815, 820. So we're going to try to run the show as usual. Gus Edwards dealing with a knee issue. He is questionable for week eight against the Buccaneers. Obviously he has been limited in practice. He is coming off his first game since tearing that ACL right before the 2021 season. So these limited sessions are probably part of the overall master plan. Um, He did run 16 times for 66 yards, had a pair of touchdowns. He was one of the guys the Wolf liked the most on the waiver wire. If not, the guy he did like the most, I put in a bid for him. I did not get him. Mm. I wasn't that upset about not getting him, I'm going to be honest with you. But, like, I I understood why you liked him. Anyway, we'll see what happens for uh, Edwards come game time tomorrow. Absolutely. And that's probably one of the biggest questions, similar to, like, Brian Robinson two weeks ago. Should I or should I not play Gus Edwards? So I'll just give my quick spiel on him. I think he should be locked in the lineups. I'm plus seven ECR right around my top 24 running backs. There's definitely some red flags. The fact that he did not see even close to 40% of the snaps, you know, 20 for Justice Hill, 24 for Edwards did lead the way. And I think 17 for Drake. It was still a three-headed committee though. Yes, the 16 carries look great. And of course, the two touchdowns are sexy as all hell. It wasn't a complete lock of a backfield to him, though. Granted, though, it also was his first game back from an injury, and that was more carries than J.K. Dobbins has even come close to sniffing. So they had no problem lighting him up on um, on his first game back. I thought he looked spryer than I've ever seen the Gus Bus, like looked a little bit trimmer. I do love that thick boy. He looked kind of spry. I, I kind of like the speed I saw. He was zigging and zagging. And, man, he's got some great career efficiency stats. Ian Harditz has cited it. Multiple times, like he's one of only five running backs through his first three seasons to average over five yards a clip, to average, you know, over 700 yards. I think he's in like, it's like Jamal Charles, the the names that are around him. I wish I had, I didn't save the stat on my sheet here today, Uh, but it is insane the company that Gus Edwards is in terms of his early career efficiency right now. Nobody seems to like him. It it just like feels boring. But I think against a Bucks team that just got bludgeoned by Donta Foreman, by Chuba Hubbard. I Chuba. think Gus Edwards is definitely better than both those players, both also popular waiver wire pickups this week. I'm going Foreman or Edwards. Actually, a question I keep getting on uh, Twitter right now, I'm going Gus. I'm locking him in on Thursday night. I'm thinking he falls into the end zone at least once. Maybe you get the double-up scores here. Uh, they love using him in the red zone. They always have. It's always been a hard kind of guy, and he always rewards them for their face. So 
saddle up the Gus bus. I'm in this week. Where I picked him up, I actually had him in all. I have him in five of six leagues right now because I had him going in on the IRs for for you know the last three weeks. I've had Gus Edwards, so I'm pumped and I'm firing him up in all the leagues. I have him with a bunch of buys, you know, with two good offenses. I have Eckler in most of those leagues as well, so. He's going to be kind of obviously not a replacement, not a one-to-one for the best player in fantasy right now. But still, I feel really good about Gus Edwards on Thursday night, getting a score, getting around 60 yards, and maybe he gets two for you and is another smash play this week. All right, Rashad Bateman, foot foot issue. We talked about him, Rashad Bateman, who I often get confused with Rondell Moore, but not today. He's questionable for week eight against the Buccaneers. Did come back last week, four passes, 42 yards. Before that, he had sat out two games in a row. He was held out of practice on Tuesday, but he had a limited session on Wednesday. Seems like he will be playing. Um, and, you know, what do you think? Where would you put him? Wide receiver two? Wide receiver three? What? Wide receiver three range. Wide receiver 34 total on my rankings right now. A couple spots above the ECR, but nothing crazy above them. Not a must start for me because the secondary has been okay for the Bucs. Uh, but still, five targets right back into it, leading the team there last week, right around a 25% target share. 42 yards, four catches, was a toe tap away from having a touchdown. Looked really close. They ended up not giving it to him. But, man, if he had that touchdown, we'd probably be talking him as a lock into your lineup. So I have him in a couple leagues, and most of them, I'm starting him. I have him over, like, Romeo Dubs, for example, uh, any of the Jets receivers at this point. Um, Right around George Pickens and, and Drake London, the two guys I have above him. And then, comparatively, Curtis Samuel, Michael Gallup, you know, Wandale Robinson. I, Ron Wandale might be one I bump ahead of him, actually. I really do like to say, Wandale. I mean, come on, man. Big fan of Wandale. You guys know we're a Wandale show. We've talked about him a million times. So maybe that flips. But overall, I do feel good about Bateman getting back in there. Um, wouldn't be shocked at all to see a score. And he's been doing the entire route tree. He can get him deep. He can run him along the sidelines. I, I really like what Bateman has shown throughout the year. So I have no hesitation getting him in as a, a nice wide receiver three, maybe real low end wide receiver two type of play. So I like him for sure. Other news to cover here, Mark Andrews is questionable. I think he plays really, really tough game. His only dud really of the year last week, um, limited fashion came in. And of course, Josh Oliver gets the freaking touchdown. Um, I, obviously, if you have Andrews though, you don't need our blessing. You're starting Andrews if you have Mark Andrews, the only guy that compares to Kelsey, who's not even on this weekend slate. So yeah, right. you're playing Mark Andrews, no doubt. Uh, Russell Gage dealing with a hamstring issue. He's out week eight against the Ravens. Julio Jones knee issue will be a game time decision week eight. Also against the Ravens. Do you remember when there was like a week or two at the beginning of the year when we were like, is Julio back? Week one, he looked, I mean, we did say he looked fast. I told you I was skeptical, but I, but I admit, I remember we texted back and forth. I was like, does Julio look really good? And you said he kind of looks fast, doesn't he? And then, I mean, you know, how many games has he actually played? Like two, maybe? I don't know. I think just that opener, maybe. I think he came in for one other. But Yeah, he might have had a few uh, routes in another game. <laughs> yeah, some empty field uh, routes just galloping down the field. Man, that first week he looked like he was going to be a stud in this offense. Well, the Buccaneers looked like they might be a good team first week. I remember they beat Dallas 19-3. to <laughs> Dallas looks pretty good now. Yeah, how the turntables, baby. Yeah, exactly. Michael Scott here. I, I yeah, I mean, if Julio plays, he's not in your lineup. Maybe a speculative ad at best. But oh, I on. wouldn't trust him. No, 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 no games even. like kind of, No, you're not trusting him. I'm with you. Okay, so we can kind of move on from this. I guess the really only takeaway here is whether he's in or out. Gage being out does secure even more targets for Chris Godwin, who's come back to a massive target share the past couple of weeks. 
We'll talk about him a little bit more in higher, lower Hail Mary. But to me, he's a absolute right. must start. Love him this week. Love Mike Evans. I know it was, you know, what a absolute brutal drop. I'm sure you saw that one to kick off the red zone action last week. Oh, like nine for 96 felt like a good game until you realize he should have had a should have been like yard 10 for 170 or something. Exactly. And he also had another 20 yard touchdown potentially off his hand. It was just a bad, bad night. The worst nine for 96 day you could possibly imagine. Also out for the uh, Bucks and opening up some more targets is Cameron Brake. And I think this is big because Kate Otten. So we'll talk about tight end Hail Marys. I was shocked to see Greg Dolchik is like 41% rostered. And I, he was going to be my Hail Mary player of the week, but at 41% rostered, you know, that can't really qualify as a Hail Mary. On the other side, though, Kate Otten, only 14% rostered, and I'd rather play him this week, given that both weeks that Cam Brate has been out, he's had at least four catches, at least 50 yards, been on the field for 90% plus snaps in both games, showing some real nice chemistry with Brady. I love Kate, Kate, you know, Kate Otten this week against a bad secondary here for the Ravens. Wouldn't be shocked at all to see him find the end zone. Uh, so he becomes my Hail Mary of the week if you catch this in time for Thursday Night Football. I do have another guy later, just in case you catch this on the later end and do not get Kate Otten in. But he's my favorite Hail Mary at the tight end position. Would rather play him than Greg Dolchis. Probably rather play him than Kyle Pitts. <laughs> I, I'm, I am not starting Kyle Pitts for the first time this year. And, Who are you putting I'm, in above him? Hayden Hurst. Yeah, I'd do that. Absolutely. Without question. Yeah, I mean, I, and I mean, I, you know, I, don't get me started. This doesn't have to be a Kyle Pitts-centric episode because I, I just have so much to say. I thought the perfect but, meme I saw from Kyle Pitts, one of our boys, Ian Harditz, put up a picture. You know the one of, like, the Joker crying and getting the makeup on? It was like, Kyle Pitts is a top 10 tight end again this week, and it's just somebody, like, putting on the Joker makeup, like, crying. It's just like, that's what it's become. Like, it's so hard. It feels so hard to rank him outside your top 10 until you realize he hasn't been even close to a top tight end top 10 tight end in any type of metric usage production anything at all so yeah he's outside there, my top 50 so this is very similar to the comp you just made i have a, a friend who he was one of the first friends i had who had like a video game system growing up obviously i'm older than you so like the original nintendo the original sega stuff like that would come out and i just remember one time i was over at my buddy's house and his younger brother was playing sega the original sega and i guess he had kept dying or something and he was just crying while he was playing, he was just sobbing and, and just still playing and stuff. And it was just like, I like, he just kept doing it and it was bringing him so much pain, but he just couldn't stop. That's couldn't like, what's stop. right. That, and, and this is what people who keep rolling out Kyle Pitts, same thing. It's like crying it's while you're playing. Drug man. <laughs> that right. Kyle Pitts, that Sega Genesis, sick drugs. Oh no, this wasn't even the Sega Genesis. This was just the Sega. Uh, Sega. <laughs> Sega Entertainment, I think it was. This is, this, I believe, this predated Genesis. Um, nice. All right. Uh, before we get into the news of the week, um, and I can't believe it's already week eight. Give us a like. Give us a subscribe. Um, all that good stuff. We can pick up a few subscribers every show. We'd appreciate it. We're flying. We're up over two point seven k, which is pretty great for us. All right. Let's get into quarterbacks. Um, Dennis Allen, Saints coach, said Andy Dalton will be starting in week eight against the Raiders. Um, he said the decision to bench Winston is about, and this is a quote, performance. Um, they've been basically for the last couple weeks benching him, but not benching him. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, they're clearly benching him, but they're saying it's not. And now it seems like they've admitted, yes, we're benching him. <laughs> they finally come out and said it. Yeah. I'm actually a big fan of Andy Dalton this week. The Raiders are giving up the most points to quarterbacks. 
He had 30 fantasy points last week with 361 yards, four touchdowns, did throw two brutal pick sixes. Sure. One of them sure. really he, wasn't his He's fault. Andy Dalton. But it's the Red Rifle. He was the quarterback, too, last week. So you know, the fact that he's ranked outside of most top 25, give me Andy Dalton over fucking like Russell Wilson, maybe even oh, over sure. Aaron Rodgers at this point. Yeah, so yeah. I, I have yeah. no doubt, uh, no, no real worries about firing up Andy Dalton. Sneak peek, one of my Hail Marys of the week. I want to hear your thoughts on this next one. Yeah, Mac Jones, ugh, starting for against the Jets. I mean, what a nightmare situation Belichick's kind of created over here. I personally hope was hoping he'd just commit to Zappy Hour. He did bench Mac Jones, electric first two drives for Zappy into absolute nothing, and now it's like, who's going? Who's going to go with? He's toying with them all. Mac Jones did take ninety percent of the first team reps. It does seem like they're going to turn it over to him, and I think. As much as I like the zappy electricity that we've seen, if they're going to go Mac Jones, they have to just commit to it at this point. Deal with a couple bad drives. You can't just have him constantly looking over his shoulder, worried about one bad throw, because then he's not going to – you saw it. The way he was checking down and playing like a little bitch. Like you could tell he was just worried about losing his job the entire game. So I have no did. idea what Belichick's doing with these games. Yeah. I, I Did you see that after that first half, like the offensive rookie of the year odds just like – shot like you know like all this money came in on bailey zappy after the first half like tons of it tons of it and then like he had like one of the worst second halves like in the history of football yes yeah, <laughs> either way yeah either way you're not considering either patriots quarterback the jets defense is shockingly good this year uh so doesn't really matter i guess who's under center um jacoby myers gets it done with whoever's there really and that's still the only weapon you're really worried about right now so matt jones likely uh starting against the jets it looks gun like. to your head who do you like patriots or jets straight up money line see i really think this is the spot the pats kind of back up i know the jets are a better team right now especially defensively but it just feels like the classic spot like belichick still playing the little puppet master above robert sala uh I think they take it out, and I, and they they end up re- rebounding here after a horrendous. Game. I mean, you were shocked to see him get pounded by the Bears, right? Oh, awful! What? Okay. The I mean, I was wrong on like every game, but that one, I was like, well, at least I'll, I know the Patriots will beat the Bears. And no, right? Nope, not at all. Ryan Tannehill dealing with ankle issues. He did not practice on Wednesday. He left last week's game against the Colts for a little while. He did come back. Um, Colts were so bad in that game. It Matt caused Matt Ryan to lose his job. Poor guy. Um, so I don't know. It looks like Tannehill may or may not play. I have no idea. Um, they seem to think they're going to see him week eight, but I don't know. What yeah. do you think? You think I he's going to be there? The, the Texans, so another viable streamer. I probably prefer the Red Rocket, Andy Dalton. Again, QB2 last week. But if Tannehill sits, very intriguing to see what Malik Willis would bring to the table. Malik Willis can run all over the field. I know he's looks like he just makes a couple dumb plays and fumbles and turnovers throughout the preseason. And when he got in this week, didn't look overly ready for the job. But man, QB rushing points are QB rushing points. And Malik Willis all preseason looked like he had like Michael Vick level of mobility. So would be really intrigued to see him play. And what a better spot than against Houston Texans. So keep that on your radar. And if Mike, Malik Willis is the starting quarterback, he'll probably rank inside my top 20 QB. So super flex wise or desperation streamer wise. I could really see Malik Willis having himself a nice day. I, I don't even know what his DFS price is, but keep it on your radar. I bet you Tannehill plays. But if not, just keep Malik Willis on your radar. And got to bring up Russell Wilson, that hamstring. Said he's feeling good, ready to rock. Woo! Let's ride, baby, after logging a limited practice on Wednesday. High kneeing across the aisles of Plains Truth. My God, how could you not be more fired up 
than the guy who is high kneeing in the aisles. He actually had an interview I just saw where he talked about how he purposely doesn't take shits during the week because he waits till Tuesday and Thursday, the only two days he'll allow himself to shit. So that way he does not waste any time. He'll right? allow he'll allow himself to shit. Yeah, that's when, like when, when you've got a problem. when you've got a shit. How long can you hold it in? I, like an hour, maybe. Right, maybe. <laughs> right, like and and those are like the days you remember. You're just like this. That was one of the worst days of my life. Like if you're yeah. stuck in the car or something like that, you're like, this is the worst thing ever. This guy's like, you know, prepared to hold it for like 48 hours. I don't get him. He is the weirdest. He's got a tighter man. sphincter than me, Wolf. That's for damn sure. And just like, I don't understand how I got so much hate when I tweeted out that Russell Wilson's one of the biggest tool bags in the NFL. Again, the dude is on the team plane doing high knees up and down the aisle because he can't waste the flight time to stretch himself out. Like, what? What are we doing? How how is he, anybody else considering him anything other than a tool? I, I don't. It just makes no sense to me. Absolute Wolf. <laughs> don't bring that negativity in here, Wolf. That's true. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, folks. Hey, so you sorry know, all, you're unfollowing right now. All this talk, just to go on a tangent here. All this talk about uh, Andy Dalton made me remember a podcast that we did together. Honestly, like five or six years ago. I mean, we've been doing this for a, a long time now, and I just sure. remember. I remember. I forget who they had played, but I remember it was one of the worst football games I'd ever seen a quarterback play. And I remember saying that if somehow my like somehow my consciousness just warped into the body of another human being and all of a sudden I just woke up and I found myself like on an NFL field with people running at me and all of a sudden I just had to play quarterback. I was like, that's how Andy Dalton looked. It's just it's like if all of a sudden, like I found myself facing an NFL pass rush and just had to like throw the ball somewhere. I was like, yeah, that's Andy Dalton. And here we are six years later, liking him. We like him this week. Exactly. <laughs> Running backs. The star telegrams, Clarence Hill reports that Zeke has been diagnosed with a sprained MCL and is expected to miss week eight against the bears. So t- Tony uh, Pollard, uh, owners, you're welcome. Running back six now in my rankings, Tony Pollard. The only time he's ever started in place of Zeke Elliott, he put up over 30 fantasy points, was the running back one that week. And the Bears are a horrendous run defense. Tony Pollard wheels up. And just to like put the stamp on the fact that he's going to dominate this week, of course I'm facing him in like six of my eight weeks. So of course the one time Zeke misses a fucking game is the week I'm facing Tony Pollard in about all of my leagues. So you know he's going to go off for 30 points yet again. DeAndre Swift, speaking of 30-point upside, is practicing in full Wednesday. Seems very, very likely to be rejoining the team. Obviously, when when Swift's in, he's got as much upside as anybody, and he's in your lineup. So play DeAndre Swift. All right, James Conner returned to practice on Wednesday. So did Daryl Williams. Eno Benjamin's been the guy they've been leaning on lately. He has looked good. Possibly if Conner returns, if everybody returns, maybe Benjamin's locked up the backup role. What do you think? I think he's got the role ahead of Daryl Williams at this point. He's looked, like you said, pretty damn solid in every facet of the game. So, yeah, I consider him the RB2, the handcuff here. Still, in a, That's why I still consider him a hold at this point because we know James Conner's history of getting hurt. It's been on the full display all year. So, yeah, James Conner, probably the starter, given how much money they've paid this guy. Uh, so, ultimately, I do like James Conner this week. I think the touchdowns are bound to come. We saw a 20-point day from, you know, Benjamin might be in the cards for James Conner. You can't play Eno with Conner on the field, in my opinion. 
Uh, but you can definitely fire Connor up again if you've been sitting there waiting for him. Chuba Hubbard did not practice on Wednesday, which would definitely make Donta Foreman a much more appealing stream against, um, you know, actually, who the hell are they facing this week? I forget. Uh, that's because it's the Panthers. I don't really ever give a shit what the Panthers It doesn't are matter. Yeah. If, if, if Donta Foreman's the lone guy standing, though, I do consider him a very viable running back, too. In fact, I do think he's the guy. I know Chuba Hubbard started the game. He saw 60% of the snaps. 66% of the carries until he got hurt himself. But Foreman then came in, rips off a 60-yard run, 27-yard run, looking real explosive, just the better player in my opinion. So I think it is only a matter of time till Foreman takes over the lead running back role here. And obviously if Chuba doesn't play, that gives him the just clear path runway to take off as that running back too. And I think he's solid. I really do think Foreman's solid with or without Hubbard on the field. I think you could play Foreman this week. But especially if Hubbard misses time, um, would definitely be very, very viable. Probably a top 22 running back or so for me, should Hubbard set this one out. Coach Matt Everflew says the Bears will continue to get Khalil Herbert more involved on offense. My favorite part of this whole thing is the part that's in quotes is the words, will continue to get Khalil Herbert more involved on offense. Um, I really like Khalil Herbert. So I watched a little bit of the Manning podcast in the Bears-Patriots game, which I usually don't. I usually watch – Football games that I'm going, except red zone, I usually watch football games with the volume off because uh, I'm yeah. usually listening to podcasts or something like that. I actually watched maybe 45 minutes of the Manning cast. I did enjoy it. And Eli especially was very impressed by how hard a runner Khalil Herbert is just banging into people and stuff like that. He's fun to watch, right? He's wicked fun to watch. And he actually has more yards after contact then David Montgomery has regular rushing right, yards. Right, just regular rushing yards. Right. He's a monster. He's great after after contact, very explosive. I think he's top five right now in total 10-plus yard runs, so explosive run rates through the roof. They keep saying hot hand approach, and we actually saw it come to fruition a little bit this week where you know Montgomery had been locked into about 70% of snaps or more, even higher in most games than Herbert. Uh, but this week we saw it switch to 56% to Montgomery, 41%. To Herbert, so still hasn't completely flipped in Herbert's favor, but 15 touches to Montgomery, 14 to Herbert. And we saw Herbert ripping off you know, 6.2 yards per clip so far on the season, scoring as a receiver in this game, looking great. And Montgomery didn't look bad himself. He's still a good player. He's still going to be involved. But I do think this backfield switches to favor you know 60% Herbert, 40% Montgomery by the end of the season, just given that the talent gap. I really think Herbert's he just like player. punishes you when you try to tackle him. I mean, he, he really does. Montgomery does similar things, but Herbert just punishes it you. A just little looks harder. a little different with Herbert. I do hear and you on Montgomery. A little more sick to it. You know, know, it's it's completely eye test. I don't have data, although you've given me some good data here. But man, he was just hitting people hard, getting like extra yards. I was very impressed. Yeah, eye test data, all of it. It, it. He checks all the boxes. Herbert does. So I think he continues to see his role grow. Robert Sala said the team will take it slow with newly acquired running back James Robinson. So, yeah, I do think in the first week this often takes, we saw it with Christian McCaffrey, was out-snapped and out-touched by Jeff Wilson in his first week. So you got to imagine James Robinson eased in this first week. would be tough to trust. Uh, I was going to say against the Pats defense. I don't think anybody's worried about the Pats defense anymore. Good pickup, though. Don't you like this pickup for the Jets? Smart, like Absolutely. right away. Pick you lose right Bruce Hall and you get James Robinson for a six rounder. I mean, this guy has been a top ten running back for two of his, you know, both of his professional seasons until he got hurt. Really big fan of the, this move for the Jets. Me I too. do think again, it, this taking it slow approach will mean Michael Carter's a little bit more viable this week. 
Uh, but yeah, long term, I do think James Robinson is going to find himself in a nice situation here. It looked like Etienne was taking over. It didn't look. It was clear that Etienne was already taking over this backfield after last week playing over 80% of the snaps, seeing you know 65 to 70 to 80% of the routes of the carries, whatever metric you want to look at. It was the Etienne show. So this definitely gives James Robinson a little bit new life as it was clear he was trending downwards. I do think you have to wait at least a week for that life to come into fruition, though, as they take it a little bit slow with their new acquisition. Cam Akers, for personal reasons, remains away from the team this week, right? He's unlikely to play week eight against the Niners. Listen, I never never want to mock personal reasons because there's a wide, wide range of things that that could mean, some of which very serious and, you know, nothing to make fun of. But I do want to say, the last time something like this was really in the forefront, Calvin Ridley was gambling on football. Yeah. <laughs> that's all I'm, I'm going to say. Real fucking personal, my God. Uh, and in the wake of that, too, Kyron Williams has yep. been designated to return. Remember, they continue to hype up. This guy is in for a big role. Adam Schefter, early in the preseason, was talking about how much the team loved him. And he's only got Henderson to beat, who was just consistently underwhelming, despite seeing – Tons of snaps, tons of touches, tons of action. You know, 13, 10, and 12 carries in his starts. 10, 11, 12 fantasy points. It's like, yeah, okay, gets you, gets the job done. But there's no difference between Henderson and, say, like, a Gus Edwards, who I prefer Gus Edwards, higher touchdown upside. Uh, you know, Donta Foreman right there with Daryl Henderson, but not really viewed that way. So Kyron Williams does not have a hard depth chart to climb, was a true three-down back throughout his college career, still only 34% rostered. If Kyron Williams is still sitting there in your league – Go pick this guy up. It probably is not usable quite yet this week, uh, but I think it's within a week or two. He's the type of guy that like we don't really know yet what he could do and just could be a stretch on a hero for you. So Kyron Williams, go check him out on the waiver wire. Uh, whether he's active this week or not, should be owned in all leagues, I think, at this point. Doug Peterson says that Jamichael Hasty is going to see more carries in Jacksonville. I mean, it makes sense if Robinson's gone. Someone's got to see a couple more carries. Might as well be this guy. Hey, he ripped off like an 80-yard touchdown a couple weeks ago. I always have liked Tasty Hasty. Yeah, me too. I kind of like him. I also want to just emphasize, we'll talk about him again when we get to the higher, lower Hail Mary. He's not higher or lower, clearly, uh, but definitely a Hail Mary this week. They play at 930 against the Jags, um, I mean, against the Broncos. So he's the perfect type of guy, especially only if your league allows that type of roster churning. But let's say you, you pick him up. Play, you know, don't don't start him by any means unless you're truly desperate. Again, Hail Mary could be potentially viable, but a great guy to put on your bench, try him out. Let's say he gets 12 touches and looks pretty good on him. Bam, you've already beat yourself. You beat the rest of your league on the waiver wire there. And if he sucks, you cut him before the 1 p.m. game start. Get your kicker before that. So I, I, it's been a big strategy of mine this year is to not have a kicker till about Sunday night or Monday night football. I don't really care who it is because kickers just are always a an 8 to 12 point. Like it doesn't really – other than, of course, a handful. You don't cut Justin Tucker. You don't cut, you know. No, you know, that's yeah. it. That's like, it. Like, there's really not many more. That's like, it. Justin Tucker. That's it. Inconsistent. So, yeah, um, like, good tryout. In my just opinion. so you know, Millie C. Hop from the comment section says, Henderson was a no-show at practice today. Oh, interesting. That was news that had not come up in, like, the 20 minutes before we went live. So, Henderson, a no-show. Akers not showing up either. Maybe Kyron Williams does get activated and walks into, like, a – 20 touch roll go pick up Kyron Williams you know if you needed any more reason to go out and get this guy Henderson a no-show who knows why if it's personal if it's injury related they have the bye week so I don't know who knows what's happening I do imagine what if he's getting moved there's been a lot of rumblings about Kareem Hunt going to the Rams which again 
I'd be oh, wow. corny as hell here. Would love to see that. Uh, so maybe, maybe just maybe something's happening there. Oh man, I would love to see that. Maybe they're gonna. Maybe they could trade Allen Robinson for him. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Good fucking god. Though he, for what it's worth, Allen Robinson did have his best week before the bye. Uh, actually looked kind of good, and Stafford actually looked at him. Maybe Stafford just got over his racism for a little bit. Who knows? I don't care. Uh, we, we can only hope as how A-Rob supporters here of this show. Moving to wide receivers, Debo did not practice on Wednesday. Uh, it was a hamstring injury. Day-to-day is how he's been labeled. I do expect him out there, but obviously something. We're going, again, a day early. So Wednesday reports, you often will see guys sit out on Wednesday, practice limited on Thursday, and then get in a full on like the Friday walkthrough type of situation. I bet that's what's happening here with Samuel, but something to monitor as we move through the week. DK Metcalf also dealing with a knee injury, which breaks my heart. But uh, anyway, he did participate in the team's walkthrough. Pete Carroll says Metcalf is feeling better today, although he's known as an eternal optimist when it comes to this type of thing. Um, Everybody says that DK is almost certainly going to miss week eight. Marquise Goodwin will be taking his spot. He did have two touchdowns, I think, uh, replacing DK last week. So maybe in deeper leagues, check him out. I mean, Goodwin have a nice little rapport. Definitely someone I need to be a little bit higher on, I believe, is Marquise Goodwin this week. I'm on Ross St. Brown at Wednesday's practice. What a frustrating situation that was. Like another one of those, look, it's tricky because I obviously am all for player safety, like head injuries. You hate to see it. But these kind of like but. looks like he was concussed because he wobbled when he stood up. But ultimately passed concussion protocol, did not prove to have a concussion. They still pull him anyway. Like, uh, it's a, it's a dicey line. Like it's so hard to sit here and like, you obviously are here for the players and their safety, but like, you're also like, clearly I'm on one to get back in and you're not allowed to. Cause one guy was spotting and saw you wobble when you stood up and you passed every other test other than one potential wobble. You said, I don't know. It's a weird new ruling. And like, again, if it makes players safer, great. But like, this is going to get, especially in the playoffs, like when games are on the line, <laughs> I don't know. Like this could get dicey is all I'm going to say. As long as St. Brown's out there though, he's in your lineup. That's all I'm going to, we'll cut it there. I mean, cut it there. Well, how many times when you're at the bar, do you wobble when you stand up? The entire time. Like, like every, every time, right? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Athletic reports. (laughs) Right. Right. I just, I, even if I'm not at the bar, if I stand up on a bed, I usually wobble. human at this point in my life so yeah, right. you'd call me permanently concussed by nfl standards at this point <laughs> right you'd be missing a few games uh, mike williams is expected to miss at least four weeks they say he will be missing weeks not days there's even talk he might get put on the ir so great keenan allen of course like kind of still inching his way back to full strength obviously if and when williams returns you know we know what he is he's a you know if Allen's not there, he's a fringe wide receiver one. If he is there, he's a strong wide receiver two. Obviously, this opens up the door for Josh Palmer um, and maybe DeAndre Carter to get a little more action. Certainly Josh Palmer, who's only 25% rostered right now. And had to, to at least Yahoo, I don't know what other platforms have done, but they did move Mike Williams to out. You know, yeah. Usually they, they can't do that during bye weeks, but thankfully you can slide Mike Williams into your IR for now. Um, you can also put Josh Palmer in IRs because he was out last week, so he's still labeled as out as well. So somehow still out there, 25% of leagues, even though he's not even going to cost you a spot, if you have IRs in your league, he'll walk right back into that role that had made him a viable top 30 fantasy product throughout the year so far with no Mike Willie. Makes Gerald Everett. I've gotten some like, can I cut Gerald Everett? It's bye week. I'm desperate. 
and see what else you can cut because without Mike Williams for at least a few weeks, they're definitely going to be devoid of targets, of touchdowns. I think, you know, Gerald Everett also gets a boost here. And, of course, Austin Eckler remains like a 12-catch-plus every single week type of guy with no Mike Williams. Alan Lazard not practicing on Wednesday, a brutal matchup as is. So whether he's in or out, I don't love playing him either way, uh, but could open up the door for, like, Sammy Watkins to see more volume. Not that you really want that either. Corey Davis. Did not practice on Wednesday. And in related news, Jets coach Robert Sala says he does not know if Elijah Moore still wants to be traded. So it sounds like the lines of communication are wide open and doing fine. Yeah, looking beautiful. There's a clip going viral right now of uh, like Matt LaFleur, Mike LaFleur, whichever one's with the Jets. I forget the two brothers. Uh, they're all like walking by Elijah Moore at practice and like they have the most awkward handshake and both look like it's just like if I had a knife, I'd stab you in the jugular from both of their like faces. Uh, like it's just such brutal, broken chemistry here at this point. I'm just praying. And I think Elijah Moore, 40% rostered right now, is worth a roster hold through November 1st. If he doesn't get right, traded, it's right. really hard to you know promote this guy and make him a viable fantasy product. In this just literally rivals the Panthers passing attack at this point. Like you might hit 200 yards on a good day passing. It's a horrendous, disgusting pie. But like if more goes to the Packers. More goes to the Chiefs, who are both in the market for wide receivers right now, as are the Chargers, given Mike Williams' injury. More goes to any of those teams. He's immediately a top-20 fantasy product. So I'd say at least stash him for now, see what happens. It seems very unlikely that he'll get traded, but maybe they, they showcase him this week. Like, with no Corey Davis, it's his best path to potentially getting some volume. I don't think you can trust him in your fantasy lineup, but worth a stash. Let's see if he gets traded. Jahan Dotson, not practicing Wednesday. Seems very, very unlikely to go. We saw Taylor Heineke get right back in and pepper Terry McLaurin for a season high. 25% target share, 18 fantasy points. Looks like McLaurin should be locked in the lineups for however long Jahan Dotson is out. Jarvis Landry did not practice Wednesday. Also, Mike Thomas did not practice Wednesday. What? Mike Thomas what a didn't shock. practice? What are you talking about? Neither one of these guys has seen – I don't think Mike Thomas has uh, seen the practice field or the field since week three, or at least after week three, and I think Landry week four. So um, no big surprises here. Obviously, Chris Olave is going to continue to get peppered, peppered, peppered in their absence. Remains to be seen if Mike uh, Mike Thomas will ever play football again. Yeah. Olave, as you mentioned, leading the NFL in air yards, a must-start. You don't need me to continue to promote it, but I keep getting said start questions about him. I, I don't understand it. Chris Olave is a locked-in top 15 receiver each and every week. Michael Thomas, I mean, do you cut the guy at this point? Honestly, like, bad locker room presence. It, this is the opposite of Brian Robinson. Like, you've seen those memes, I'm sure, of, like, Brian Robinson gets shots and return, shot and returns in four weeks. Michael Thomas, like, stubs his toe and is out for the entire season. Like, I don't know that he returns. And even if he does, like – your fantasy locker room must be embarrassed to be associated with this guy at this point. No, we we are. I have him on one of my teams, and it's like <laughs> I'd like to get rid of him, but my team is so bad that, like, <laughs> the only way – I mean, first of all, like, he's one of many embarrassments in the locker room, but we have to have – we. I need some sort of massive upside potential, and he's one I'm of them. And, I, and I, I know it's like it's – that's like Kyle Pitts – Having upside potential. And also, baby. <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. It's the same team. I mean, this is like one of these teams where you just look at it and you're like, this is the worst group of players ever assembled and the worst locker room that's ever been put together. Um, so, yeah, I, I hear you. He, I I don't think cutting him is the craziest thing I've ever heard. 
I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, especially in shallow leagues. Because I'm sitting here, I'm like, if I saw Mike Thomas on my waiver wire, yeah, I'm probably picking him up. He had a huge week one. Looked like yeah. he was week back, one. Yeah. Week one. Week one. So did Julio Jones. Yeah, <laughs> true. Like, what's the difference here? Honestly, spot the difference. I can't. I can't. The difference is that I suspect Julio Jones at least wants to play. Yeah, <laughs> and, I, and I'm not sure Mike Thomas does. <laughs> Who knows? Oh man, it's especially in shallow leagues. It's not the craziest thing to cut Mike Thomas at this point. Sir, if, if nothing else for the locker room cancer that he yeah. is for your fantasy team. Uh, speaking of just untapped upside and hope, Kadarius Tony still sidelined. Does he exist? Does Kenny Galladay exist? They still haven't even practiced. Uh, who knows since when? The only real hope is Tony gets traded to the Packers, to the Chiefs. Not quite Elijah Moore level of upside, but man, like in terms of rookie seasons, he had one of the best in so many of the predictive measures that it looked like Tony was on the fringe to break out huge. Maybe a change of scenery allows that to happen. I guess the only reason you could potentially roster this guy at that point, because otherwise another just useless hope at this point. Josh Reynolds did not practice on Wednesday. He's missed a pair of practices last week. Then he went limited on Friday. I think he had maybe one catch um, in the game last week. Nothing to get too excited about. And then Dan Campbell said that Jamison Williams, due to the ACL, will miss, and this is a quote, at least probably another month. So don't get too excited about that. At least probably another month, which to me means like at least two months. Yeah, exactly, right. right. There's a decent chance, given how shitty the Lions are right and now. And there's not going to be a playoff run for the Lions, so I don't think you're going to see Certainly Jamison not. Williams this year. I really don't. I don't know that we do either. Like, maybe to get some reps at the end of the season, and it'd probably be limited reps at that. So, yeah, I, I love the IR stash in theory, but at this point, I don't think the Lions have enough to play for to even put Jamison Williams on the field this year. Nico Collins and Noah Brown, two other guys that did not practice on Wednesday – doesn't seem like Nico Collins is going to play this week. Noah Brown, on the other hand, could. And he did lead the uh, – he led the uh, Cowboys with targets ahead of CeeDee Lamb and Dak's first game back. Noah Brown's out there in a ton of leagues and a potential Hail Mary this week if you're desperate, assuming he's in. You want to talk tight ends? Sure. TJ Hawkinson did not practice on Wednesday. Let's just add that to the misery that is the Lions. The Lions for a while seemed too good to be like this terrible. Now they seem just about right. What are they? One and five, one and six. Yeah. Yeah. That's right around what they look like. Anyway, he didn't practice on Wednesday, so that won't help. I am excited. It looks like they're queuing up the number one or number two pick. Like let's see Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, whichever quarterback they decide on. I, they're, they're definitely a few pieces away, but they have a good line in place. They have some good weapons in place. Defense, a whole other issue, a whole other. Yeah. 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 But, like, I mean, there are – they still are top seven in scoring. You put a really good quarterback potentially back there, I, I don't think they're fucked. So I, I agree with you on that, and I would actually love to see them get a, a real big-time quarterback. That would be great. I saw a question today. It was, like, on TikTok or something like that. They were talking about the top quarterback taken in each round and, you know, for the last 12 years or whatever and, like, how they're doing. And there's, like, a little comment next to each one of them. And for Jared Goff, it was, like, Look, everyone thought he was the guy. Do you think he'll even be a starter in five years? It's like five years. Are you kidding me? One year, five, five years. games, maybe. This like is it. even yeah. right, this five is years. Year. Do I think Jared Goff's going to be a starter in five years? Hell no. I don't think no. he's going to be a starter in five years. No. Anyway, I could see him being like a retread tossed around for like maybe two or three more years. Like, like a, like a the, Chase Daniel or something. Yeah. Well, he's been, I mean, a backup for his whole career. 
he's really done it right. Like, I mean, the guy's oh, made, yeah. he's made tons of money. money. Yeah. Oh, yeah. At least yeah. Goff gets on the field <laughs> and earns his keep. <laughs> Chase Daniels. Oh, what would you, would you rather be like a walk and joke like Jared Goff? And maybe he's a bad example because he went to a Super Bowl. Um, or like just a career backup that made like like seventy million dollars or something. Save my body all day. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, me too. I'd much rather I'd much rather just kick it, like you know, toss the ball around with the starting quarterback, take like five percent of the snaps. That'd be a great gig. I, nobody has done it better than Chase Daniels in terms of like that is the exact person I would like to model if I was going to be an NFL player. I want to be Chase Daniels. I want to make like a hundred million and never play a snap. That's perfect. Yeah. That's 100%. That's living. Uh, Darren Waller back to practice today and Wednesday. Great. You can get your six fantasy points at on a good day, good week from Darren Waller. Just, uh, just an awful, so many underwhelming performances from the Raiders, including Darren Waller so far. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, last but not least on tight ends. I love this one. ESPN's Dan Graziano said a league source told him, and this is a quote, not to be surprised if the Packers solution at receiver ended up being a tight end. Maybe Kyle Pitts. Maybe. I'm, yeah, I'm completely joking. No, there's no way they'll trade him. Uh, they probably are alluding to maybe Mike Gusecki, who's been rumored to be very available. Oh, it's just like be. Tunyon's really the only decent pass catcher other than Aaron Jones on your roster right now. Lazard's, like Lazard's fine. He's fine. He's a fine number two. He's they need fine. a number one receiver. So, like, what is what is acquiring Mike Gusecki really doing for your offense? Nothing. They need to go get Elijah Moore or Chase Claypool, a DJ Moore. Christ, get Alan somebody. Robinson? Even Allen Robinson, screw it. Go get Allen Robinson. Something. What do, you, do you think Allen Robinson could have a resurgence if he went to the Packers? I think so. I really don't know that he's looked that bad. I just think he hasn't seen any of the volume. Like, uh, you think I you guess, think the racism is the issue? I think it's racism. <laughs> that's last say it. Like that's the issue here. Oh God. Other notable issues or injuries. Uh, Marshawn Lattimore not practicing on Wednesday. Nor is Tredavious White not going to play in week eight. He hasn't played all year for the Bills. Uh, but coming back in early November, likely for a defense that's already scary, even scarier to think Tredavious White, what he could add there. But Marshawn Lattimore, the Saints have been a mess. Jamar Chase going off, DeAndre Hopkins going off. Yes, two great receivers. But still, with no Lattimore, he's a beast. And Adams is on deck. Who Fire up Adams as a top three receiver this week uh, with no Lattimore. Like, All right, let's round up the defense. We don't get to hit these too often, but Tredavious White won't be playing in week eight against the Packers. Exactly. Let's move on to higher, lower hail Mary, hey, folks. Before we do, give us a like, give us a subscribe. We're all we're pushing eight o'clock and we're just now getting to higher, lower hail Mary. So we're going to roll. Here we go. Folks. Looks like a lighter mailbag so far. I understand it's no Thursday night kickoff, none of that rush to get your last set. But there's still I'm not people be here. I, I have that rehearsal dinner, like I talked about, getting ready to officiate a wedding. So if you want my take on your lineups, get it in tonight, especially for Thursday night football. I'll obviously be back Sunday morning with my man CJ, probably in some pretty rough, hungover shape, though. So this is about as elusive of a response as you're going to get from the wolf, father wolf this week. Uh, so definitely get your questions on in Wolfpack. I would, I, I really, that we're doing this show because I want to answer your questions this week. So please do get those questions on and get the mailbag up higher. And as the true said, the thumbs up button is so greatly appreciated if you are willing to toss it in. Let's rip through these higher and lower Hail Marys, though. Let's go. You mentioned, we're close to Jimmy G. Jimmy G at the Rams. Quarterback 12 for you. The experts like him at 14. It is so hard for me to trust Jimmy G these days. I go back and forth on him maybe more than any other quarterback in the league. You like him at the Rams this week. Why? 
I do. Coming off 41 and then 37 pass attempts in back-to-back weeks, 296 and 303 yards, both season highs in back-to-back weeks. Uh, did not throw you know, two touchdowns in those weeks as well, 19, 17, 18 fantasy points. Top nine QB in three straight weeks now. Um, I, I don't mind it. The Rams certainly are good against the run, but they've given up the second most points to wide receivers. I think with Christian McCaffrey now here, like they, this is just going to be a pass not, I shouldn't say pass happy. It's not a pass happy attack necessarily, but again, 41 37. And I think the Rams can also put up their points too. So I do like Jimmy G to chuck it at least 35 times here um, and have himself a pretty solid day. I think another top 10 quarterback performance is in his grasp for sure. Daniel Jones at Seattle. You like him at quarterback 14, four spots below the experts. I haven't seen the list. I'm a little bit surprised that you're so much lower on him. And I'm not like a Daniel Jones stand by any means. So talk to me about this one. Yeah, I mean, he's coming off. Should we call him Daniel Vick at this point? 107 rushing yards last week, including a score on the ground as well. He's looking very mobile, real life-wise, honestly, and fantasy-wise, clearly last week with quarterback three with 29 points. Like, he's getting it done. Um, He's certainly moving the chains on third downs, looking solid. But he's been, so far this year, only two performances in the top 16 quarterbacks. 16, uh, okay. 22, 20, 8, 20, 17, 3. And now we're okay. all locking him into our top 10. Yes, Seattle is a pretty solid matchup for quarterbacks, a top 10 matchup. Daniel Jones in a, in a week with no Pat Mahomes, with no Justin Herbert, is he a fringe top 10 guy? Sure. But the, the Seattle defense has actually stiffled up a bit, and Daniel Jones just hasn't been that great all season. So, we're banking on another 100-yard and touchdown game on the ground. Could he do it? Sure. If you're desperate for a steamer, can you play Daniel Jones? Absolutely. But he's ranked above Jimmy G, who I have higher. And he's really ranked above, like, just a lot of guys that I'd have higher than him. Like, I mean, top 10 puts him ahead of Derek Carr, puts him ahead of Geno Smith. Both guys I would, no-brainer, have above Daniel Jones. So, again, at 14, could you play him? Absolutely. Like, he's in the range of uh, starters here. But like, ah, just like it feels too high for a guy that's had only two top 16 performances through seven weeks so far this year. That's a very convincing argument. Uh, um, you you have swayed me, actually. It's Daniel Jones. Like, no, like, no you're right. You're right. You're right. It's recency bias. He had a big week last week. Huge week. Um, you're and right. Maybe Locking. he does it again. Yeah, maybe he does. But, you know, look, look, I don't believe in the Giants and they're six and one. It's just like, you know, I'm, there's some there's some like six and one, five and one teams that I just don't think are very good. Hello, Vikings. Hello, uh, Giants. Anyway, um, yeah, you've, you've convinced me. Hail Mary, Justin Fields at Dallas, 35% rostered. You know, I don't think much of this guy as a passer, but we saw against the Patriots, he can just, he can scramble and he can like pick up yards on the ground. He does have legit Konami upside. That's for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. The whole thesis behind playing Daniel Jones right now is He's fourth in the NFL in projected, like in terms of uh, projected rushing pace for how many carries he's had this year. But who's second is Justin Fields. So I'll go to the guy running it more often, in my opinion. 12 carries and then 14 carries this last week against New England. 12 of them were designed runs, too. So they're starting to add this wrinkle to their playbook and look at how much success they had after doing it. So you love to see them using him this way. And he's been the quarterback 12, quarterback 8, and quarterback 5. Three straight top 12 games for Justin Fields. He's actually the quarterback four, 
across the last three weeks, which is insane because it hasn't looked all that pretty. But that's the Konami code itself. Justin Fields has looked really, really solid. He does get a tough matchup against Dallas. There's no arguing that. It's not the best spot for him, but the rushing upside certainly is there. And then you look at his next three matchups. All are top five in points allowed to quarterbacks. Miami, number five. Detroit, number three. Atlanta, number two. So if you use them this week, there's that rushing upside that creates a little bit of a floor. But even if not, even if you're stashing the guy, I think against Miami, Detroit, and Atlanta, he's going to be right in my top 12 quarterbacks for those three weeks, given that's how he's performing right now in tougher matchups. It just seems to get being better and better by the week. I think he really like Justin Fields for the rest of the season, especially the next three weeks after this one. And could be a nice little plug-in if you're missing Mahomes or Herbert this week, too. Yeah, that's fantasy. He's not a very good quarterback, but he's putting up fantasy numbers. And that was the knock on Jalen Hurts for a while, and now he's actually a good quarterback. And you um, already mentioned Andy Dalton coming off a 30-point fantasy day, 361 yards, four touchdowns, three interceptions, but he's got the weapon. He has his coach's trust to just chuck it, and now he gets the number one matchup for quarterbacks. I think he can fire up the red rifle. If you miss on Justin Fields or you're worried about that Cowboys matchup, famous last words, fire up the red rifle. Fire up the red rifle. Then the, and like, lose in, your week. <laughs> in, a movie, in a movie, it's like, fire up the red rifle or a TV show. And then the next scene is you just being zipped up into a body bag. And just, <laughs> exactly. and like, <laughs> Sounds so perfect. Sounds so right. Let's I go, remember. red rifle. Exactly. Anyway. I, I like um, it more than Russell Wilson and maybe even oh, Aaron Rodgers. Of course. Oh, who don't you like more than Russell Wilson? Yeah. I mean, there's very few guys. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, He's terrible. True. Um, Sam Ellinger. Uh, this is a burning question we've got. He is obviously replacing uh, Matty Ice. Matt Ryan has said he is shocked and surprised that he's being replaced and benched. Really, yeah. Matt? Really? After really? how you played? Are you? <laughs> it's certainly well, a Well, that be. makes one of us. Yeah, right, exactly. Abysmal performance so far on the year. He hasn't been getting a ton of help from his line or his receivers with drops. All that to say, though, Sam Ellinger, the, the reason why he's a must-watch is, one, how does he – what's the target tree look like under him? Two, the guy's got some nice mobility, too. So that horrible line with his mobility, that's probably why they're going to him is that he can escape the pocket, make plays on the run. Maybe that opens up the rushing lanes. We've seen that be huge. Like Geno Smith for Kenneth Walker, for example, when you have a mobile quarterback, it really makes it tough to key on the running back. So maybe Taylor gets a little more like with Sam Ellinger. He himself – 33 rushing touchdowns when he was in college there at Texas. It looked great all preseason with 24 of 29 passes completed, 290 yards, four touchdowns, rushing six times for 71 yards and a score. Again, that's preseason. That's against backups. He has yet to attempt a regular season NFL throw, but I'm excited to see it. And if you're in a two QB league, the guy's still out there in all but 10, you know, 10% of leagues in two quarterback leagues. I think he could be a viable flex moving forward in Superflex League. So Sam Ellinger, very, very excited to see what this guy does this week. All right, running backs. Tony Pollard leading the way, going against the Bears. We've already heard you say you like him as your running back six. That's 15 above the experts. I have to think that will get a little bit closer. Um, Obviously, uh, injury to Zeke has maybe not set in as far as everybody's rankings yet. I'll bet you're still high compared to the experts. You just aren't going to be 15 high. Yeah, that's why I wanted to include him on here, and you probably won't need any extra push to get Tony Pollard into your lineup. But I could see some like, you know, do I make sure I start him over? There's like you know, those those fringe like top ten running backs here. Uh, honestly, above Jonathan Taylor, I'd have I'd have Tony Pollard in my lineups. Alvin Kamara, 
give me Tony Pollard, even above Damian Pierce. I don't think the experts are going to consistently have him above those guys. So I did want to emphasize in those kind of shallower leagues that I love him. He already was playing 65% of the snaps last week compared to 45 for Zeke. So he outsnapped him already. It was kind of trending towards Pollard. And now you have no Zeke Elliott likely. Remember, the only time we've seen Tony Pollard start, I said this stat earlier, but 31 fantasy points, the running back won that week. And the matchup is a cakewalk against the Bears. So, yeah, I would absolutely be firing him up as a top six running back play. Uh, No-brainer. Again, four or five running backs. That's it. That's all I'd have above Tony Pollard should he be the only guy there. Other side of the ball, same game. Khalil Herbert, running back 30, six spots above the experts. They like him down at 36. We talked about Herbert a decent amount before. Real quick, why do you like him a little more than everyone else? Just to reemphasize those points for the people that might be just joining us. Did play 41% of snaps, the season high for games with Montgomery in there. 14 touches to 15 touches for Montgomery. Continues to look significantly better. And Montgomery hasn't looked bad. It's just that Herbert, you know, top five in 10-plus yard runs, top 10 in rushing yards after contact per attempt. So many of the most predictive measures for running backs. This guy is smashing, as you mentioned, the eyeball test. He just looks like a damn good running back out there. And they continue to say, we're going to get him more involved. We're going to continue to ride the hot hand. And so far, he has had that hot hand. And they've been true to their word in getting him out there more and more and more. This might be the week at flips. So a guy that most will bench and wait till they see it. If you're desperate for a running back this week, yo, not a must start, but certainly a fringe like flex play uh, that I think you can get behind because the talent that just gets his role more and more elevated by the week. James Connor at the Vikings RB 22, according to you, that's a lot higher than the experts RB 33 for them. Obviously this hinges on him playing, which we think that he will. Why do you think you like him so much more? I think it's similar to Pollard in that like injury adjustments waiting till he's fully locked in. I imagine he'll rise about five to six spots. I just still think I'll be higher than him given the Vikings are a top seven matchup four running backs, given that we just saw Eno Benjamin put up 20 fantasy points. It's been bad touchdown luck for a guy that scored over 20 touchdowns last year to have only one so far this year. Feels a little fluky. I think things are going to flip for the right reasons for James Conner starting this week in the right type of matchup. I think you get at least one score, maybe even two against Minnesota, and he kind of gets his season back on track. Not a bad buy low, in my opinion, is James Conner this week. Okay, Lower, nobody. We love them all. Hail Marys, on the other hand. Yeah. On the other hand, Hail Marys, Latavius <laughs> Murray at Jacksonville, 40% owned. Also, Dontrell Hilliard at the Texans, 11% owned. And we already referenced Jamichael Hasty going against the Broncos at a measly 5% rostered. Yeah, so I start with, with um, Latavius Murray, who was the second in snaps for the Broncos last week behind Melvin Gordon. Boone did come in for the third down work, but Boone's on the IR now. So Latavius yeah, Murray, a good pass protector. Better than um, Melvin Gordon in that regard. We know Melvin Gordon's like a fumble away from not even being heard of again. It seems like the coaching staff just doesn't like this guy. Murray got yeah. fed more and more as the game went on. He was the only guy to get a goal line touch in this game. He converted it to for a touchdown. So I do like Murray. This Jacksonville run defense has been getting worse and worse by the week. I do like Hilliard as well. He didn't have a single fantasy point last week, but against Houston, it's a very easy defense to make big chunk gains against, and he's one of their big explosive playmakers. It's been kind of a a zero or 15 point type of situation for Hilliard, but I think this is the type of defense where you could escape on a screen. They've been getting, you know, Henry so involved as a receiver, which is amazing. That's why he's a locked in top three running back every single week, but they're often redirecting balls to Hilliard off of those designs. 
to um, um, Henry, and he's been finding space. And I, I really like Hillary as a player. I just always pass the eyeball test. I mean, I like when my Hail Mary, if I'm desperate enough to start him, that kind of sucks. But at least he comes with, like, if something, you know, doom strikes and something happens to Henry, you've now got yourself a top 20 running back play for however many weeks Henry's going to miss, too. So it's not just like it's a, it's a handcuff with benefits type of situation. And that, that's kind of how I like my Hail Marys uh, at this point. And then Jermichael Hastie, similar. If something ever happened to Etienne, He's literally the last man standing. There's nobody else on the roster at this point, a capable receiver, had an explosive run already this year. Just a guy that you can stash and try out at 9.30 a.m. And if it sucks, you cut him. No worries there. I know you mentioned I didn't have a a lower mentioned on here. I have Jonathan Taylor five spots below the ECR. You're still probably playing Jonathan Taylor uh, against a bad Washington defense. But it's just a matter of, like, what does this offense look like? So if you're in one of those situations like it's Pollard or Taylor – I'm going to go Pollard myself and another guy, you know, David Montgomery on the wake of me loving Khalil Herbert four spots below where I have David Montgomery against a good Dallas Rundy. Again, I could see that backfield switching to Herbert. So I'm a little bit more skeptical of locking Montgomery and I'd rather have Gus Edwards, Brian Robinson, Devin Singletary, the aforementioned James Conner, all ahead of David Montgomery in my rankings, but not the experts. All right, you did mention Travis Etienne a second ago. We are obviously watching to see what happens with him without James Robinson. Um, And similarly, related to James Robinson, the Jets' distribution of carries on the other side, week one with no Brees Hall. And then, of course, we are fascinated to see what ends up happening with CMC in his first uh, full week with the Niners. Come on, show us something. Let's go. Let's see it, baby. You just traded so many picks to get this guy. We can't have another, like, seven-touch day. Let's fire him up as the 22 to 30 touch guy he is in the most creative run game scheme there is in the NFL. This is where we see what why they traded for him. I cannot wait to see how CMC looks in this offense. Can you believe, by the way, how lousy that division is uh, given? I mean, remember how good we were like, there's so many divisions that we thought were going to be terrible that are excellent. And so many divisions, or at least record wise are excellent. And there's so many divisions where, oh man. That AFC West, it's going to be a bloodbath every every night. Now, I was right about the Broncos. I never thought they'd be good, but I thought the Raiders would be good. And the Chargers kind of look like they stink. Yes, I'm just going, to put, just going to kind of put it out there. The AFC West kind of sucks. They got smashed by the Seahawks, the number one team in the AFC West. It truly is like West Coast, huge expectations coming in the year, completely underwhelming. East Coast, very low expectations and dominating. Like all the AFC East is above 500 other than my shitty Pats. The AFC an NFC beast is monstrous with the Cowboys, the Giants and the Eagles, maybe the best team in the entire NFC. Like it's fucking crazy how the NFL has flipped this year where West coast was supposed to dominate. East coast was supposed to be pathetic. It's the beast coast, baby. Let's go. It totally is. The only thing we are all right about is that the NFC South would be terrible. Or I mean yeah. the, the AFC South, sorry. And the well, NFC both, South, South both isn't South. too good either. Actually. Yeah, both <laughs> South's really low. Right. You're right. Okay. We were right about that. All right. Wide receivers, let's move on. Chris Godwin, we know we like this guy. The Bucks suck, but you got to kind of like Chris Godwin here going against Baltimore. Wide receiver 13 for you. Experts have him at 17. Just with all these injuries and stuff going on with their receiving core, Godwin is Mr. Reliable as usual, right? Yeah, he's been so reliable the last few weeks in terms of targets, target share. We finally saw after a couple of weeks of them easing him in to the lineup to you know about a 50% snap share. Back-to-back weeks now with right around 80 to 90% of the snaps, depending on the week, 12 and 13 targets across his last two games. Just hasn't got it done as a touchdown score. But as we know, touchdowns can be fickle. And I think this is the week against a team giving up the second most points to wide receivers 
with all the injuries, as you just mentioned, around him, I think Godwin really comes out and maybe has a two-score day. Today, he's been right on the verge of breaking out. He's the type of guy I would be hammering a buy low on right now before Thursday. I think this is his coming out party on Thursday night football. Uh, I love Godwin. I, I would, the DraftKings captain stuff, that's, that's who I'd be putting in there. I think he's going to have a monster day on Thursday night football. You like Brandon Ayuk a lot. I also like Ayuk this week going against the Rams. Wide receiver 22 for you all the way down at 29 for the experts. I like him too. What do you what do you make of the of Debo this year? I know this is not the guy on your list, but doesn't he just seem like I'm not even blaming Debo. It just seems like he's like burning a hole in people's pockets kind of. Yeah, Debo's been I mean, okay. He's had 12 or more fantasy points in all but 2 weeks, so he's been like decent the thing is, is the ceiling's been a whole lot lower. Where We were getting like 30 to 40-point blow-ups last year. That just hasn't been there because the rushing workload hasn't been right, there, and I don't right. think it is going to get there. No, now they've, they've got McCaffrey now. Right. Yeah, Debo, he's the type of guy, opposite-wise, like I'd consider selling him on the name value alone. Has he been good? Like, yeah, he's been good. I mean, he's, he's, a, a, he's a phenomenal talent. Like, I'm oh, not, he's insane. I'm not hating he's one of the best receivers in the league just like – as a unique talent playmaker, unbelievable. But as a fantasy product, he's been like a, a mediocre wide receiver too. Now he continues to rank and value as a wide receiver one. You can trade him as an elite wide receiver one right now. I think with McCaffrey in tow, we saw it last week, seven targets, five catches, 42 yards, just one carry. He's only had two or fewer rushes in four straight games now. And without that type of volume, that was the big concern. That's why I called him a round two fade in my draft guide this year. It's been even worse than I expected, though, and it's, I think, only going downhill now with Christian McCaffrey there. So a nice 25, top 25 receiver, sure. Being valued as a top eight guy every single week, not so much. So, yeah, a little bit lower on Debo, especially because we've now seen Brandon Ayuk out-target him in two straight weeks, 11 and 11 targets back-to-back weeks, 80-plus yards in back-to-back weeks for Ayuk. Two touchdowns two weeks ago, no scores last week, but 25 and 12 points in happy PR leagues. A wide receiver three, wide receiver 24 in back-to-back weeks. The big thing has been Jimmy Garoppolo having to throw more. That's why Jimmy Garoppolo was my quarterback hire of the week. I think against the Rams, another matchup where they're probably going to have to take to the air more often than they might like to. The Rams are the number one team against running backs so far this year, number bottom five team against wide receivers. So just in terms of matchup-wise, scheme-wise, I think we see the uh, 49ers yet again take to the air early and often with Jimmy Garoppolo, Brendan Ayuk. Uh, we've seen George Kittle kind of have a resurgence, all at the expense of Debo Samuel that you keep mentioning. Um, I think another big top 20 potential week for Brandon Ayuk's on the cards this week. Yeah, sorry to derail that talking about Debo. but it No, it's true. It's a good point, though. It's a good yeah. talking point. Like, he just has not been the Debo that we expected as a second-round pick. He's shown all the yeah. reasons why we wanted to fade him, honestly, even more so than what we'd expect. Yeah, I'm looking at him like, I have him wide receiver 11 right now. And I'm I'm one spot. Oh, that seems that guy. seems high to me. I love Debo. I really do. I have to keep qualifying with that because I do love the guy. This is somebody that people spent you know fifty bucks in their auctions on. I want to um, bump him below, honestly, Olave, who I have at wide receiver sixteen. I think I'm going to look at this and adjust my rankings. And of course, that's going to be the week like Debo has two touchdowns. He's like ten carries out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah, and and you know, but, and he'll whip it out and smack us with it. Tell um, me where's the drop line truth? Jalen Waddle against Detroit. Debo or, De- or Jalen Waddle? Oh gosh. Probably Waddle, which I I'm I I don't like saying that, but because I don't really like Waddle and I love Debo, but yeah, Hopkins <laughs> Hopkins at Minnesota. Oh geez, that's close. I might lean Hopkins. Godwin, who we just talked about, or Debo. I would I would say Godwin. T Higgins. 
God, probably it's, Higgins. You draw all the guys. It's like, which one do I bump him? Like, where do I? I draw every guys? time I, I'm, I'm like, I feel like I should apologize every time I say this, but I'm just being honest. Yeah, I'd probably take those guys over Debo. That's what I'm saying. Like, as a fantasy product, Debo as a real life receiver, I'd probably put above every single guy we just talked about. Yeah, maybe, maybe not Hopkins. Maybe not Hopkins at this stage of his career. I don't know. Maybe fantasy wise, without these carries and with you know Brandon Ayuk really emerging as he is, and Kittle continuing to ascend. It's Debo again, a high end wide receiver, too, is how he probably should be viewed on his role. Talent yep. can definitely overcome that and have some huge spike weeks for sure. But yeah, it's, oh man, it's, it's so tough. Like you say, I want to apologize for like slandering Debo because as a player, there's very few people that I like. It's kind of like Kittle. Like when I slander Kittle because it does not seem a ton of, real, like, I love Kittle. I think he's the best tight end in the league, yet his role is not all that amazing. Uh, it's just that that classic tug of war between the talent, between the role and the usage. Uh, yeah, it's a, a tricky role of fantasy owners, I guess, you know? <laughs> All right, let's talk wide receivers. Drake London. Uh, yeah, we got derailed there. Sorry, guys. I'm like, oh, we need to hurry. And then we then I yeah. slowed us down completely. Drake <laughs> London. The beauty of not having a game that we're up against. I know we want to get out of here at 8.15, but it gives us a little more freedom to just kind of All breathe. Right, we'll fly time. a little bit. Drake London against Carolina. You like him at wide receiver 36, four spots above the experts. Sure, why not? I don't know. He's not a guy I'm in here <laughs> loving by any means. Three, six, six, and one fantasy points. We know how reluctant Arthur Smith has been to throw the ball. I mean, they were down by over two scores nearly all game, and they ended up throwing the ball 14 times. A 45% pass rate when even though they were down by 14 points. The league average when you're down by more than seven is 72% pass rate. So we've never seen an offense this weird and inept uh, when they're down. So that does make me a little bit nervous for London. All that is to say, I think this is the week they come out and like throw it at at an actual NFL average clip. If you get that, which is what they were doing at the beginning of the year, we saw 10, 21, and 13 points for London to start the season. It's been all downhill since. I kind of think this is his rebound against a nice matchup against Carolina. I mean, Mike Evans, as you said, should have had a 150-yard touchdown day. Godwin had himself a decent enough day. This is a good spot for London to rebound. Uh, so I, I just have him a little bit higher than like he's kind of a bench and the experts. He's probably I don't want to necessarily play uh, Drake London, but a wide receiver 36, you know, above, uh, say, Curtis Samuel, above, uh, you know, Michael Gallup. Guys that are ranked ahead of him right now, I just don't think are worth it. So a little slight leaning to London this week compared to some of the names uh, below him. Kevin, real quick, throwing us five bucks to ask. Got a gross one because of Mike Will and DK. Start two, Wandale, Daryl Henderson, London, Zay Jones, Melvin Gordon. Wow, that is gross. Uh, he said it. He admitted it. Yeah. What do you think, Wolf? You like two of those guys. You got to start two of them. I'm used to like – You got to start two of them. I'm always like with Kevin's questions, like, fuck, I have to actually bench one of these guys? This blows. No, I don't no, know no. what team this is, Kevin. Maybe like you mentioned the injuries and DK. Like, Yeah, put you in a tough spot. Of this list, assuming Henderson returns to practice, which, as you mentioned, truth. Oh, by the way, uh, Millie just said, FYI, Henderson was updated from no-show to illness. Okay. Um, Thank you, Millie. Millie's Uh, hooking us up with the inside dirt. (laughs) I see a comment from my boy Angel up there that I cannot wait to address. Uh, Thank you, Angel. (laughs) My butthurt uh, advice about the Giants. Am I I your your boy that's a Giants hater? No, I'm the I'm the, I'm the boy that's a Giants hater. I consistently am low on Daniel Jones. I'll say this: I love Wandale. I'm going Wandale here. So Angel, I do like some Giants out there, including 
Wandale saw eight targets, five catches in the first half. Disappeared a little bit later in that second half. Didn't see much of him, but man, did he look electric. Uh, 27.5% target rate on his routes right now. That's top 10 in the league for guys that have ran 50 or more routes. So I'm in on Wandale. Big fan of him, starting him above these other guys. And then I think I go uh, Henderson. I, I, you know, if he's in the illness issue, so no, who knows how serious that illness is, but knowing he's back, uh, at least it was just an illness situation. He's probably going to see 70% of the snaps, decent bet to find the end zone. In his three starts, he's got 11, 12, and 11 points. Like, is he lighting the world on fire? No, but is that a fantasy starter? Yeah, it is. So I'm going to go Henderson. I'm going to go Wandale, just very slightly over Drake London. Fine. What about uh, you? Who are your two guys? Super that's who I would, no, that's who I, would, that's who I would take too. I mean, I, I, I guess I would I would consider London, but I mean, yeah, that's probably who I would take too. And and it's and, you know, so I feel bad me. saying like they're awful picks because Kevin led with saying it was gross. It's not like he doesn't know. But yeah, that's and they're I'm not saying. that like honestly. I've got some starters this week. Like if you have a lot of Chiefs and Chargers, you're in some trouble. Yet I'm starting Wandale, and I'm like that's all I've got. I, my running back situation is pretty gross too. So I get it, Kevin. I have Eckler out. I have you know Mike Williams out too, so I'm I'm scrapping too. Wandale and Henderson's not the worst at all. I, I know I gave a little Ugh, noise, but like there's worse than that. I'm just used to like being like fuck. I have to bench one of these guys for you, so you know a little bit different. Kevin Rice question this week it seems. All right, wide receivers lower. Deontay Johnson at Philly, wide receiver 27. Experts like him at 23. What you're thinking? A great secondary and a guy that just has not been great at all. Three, nine, six, and seven fantasy points in his last four. It's been the George Pickens show ever since Kenny Pickett took over. The most targets on the team, the most yards, the most fantasy points since Kenny Pickett took over the situation. We're still getting like volume, 13, seven, and 10 targets in his last three games for Deontay. It's just not turning into anything very viable. So against one of the best secondaries in the league, do I think he's going to suddenly like reemerge and be this smash top 30 receiver? No, I don't. So I, I'm just a bit lower on him than like the absolute lock must play. He's getting he's being ranked as a, a top 22 receiver right now. I, I don't think he should warrant that type. Like, give me Ayuk, give me Terry McLaurin, who he's ranked ahead of. Give me like Devonta Smith, who's ranked right around him. I even go DJ Moore at this point, and I, you know how bad I am on DJ Moore most of the weeks. PJ Walker actually likes DJ Moore though. So a lot of guys I would just trust a little bit more than Deontay Johnson. Christian Kirk against Denver in London. Wide receiver 26 for you. Again, four spots below the experts. Bottom two matchup for wide receivers. Great to see him get 10 targets, seven catches, 96 yards. Like, back on track. Wide receiver 16 last week. I think Denver's a tough matchup, though. I, think that, I just think that game is going to be hideous. I think we're going to get, like, a 6-3 a to three London just, ew, type of 9-30 wake-up. Uh, so, I, I don't like the spot for Christian Kirk. Two weeks before last week was five and three targets. I could see another like five target, four catch, 20 yard day. If he doesn't get bailed out by a touchdown, we could be in some trouble. Romeo Dubs, this is really gross. Wide receiver 44, seven below the experts. I think you're high on him. I might be, honestly, a little bit too high here. The only case that could be made for him is maybe Lazard sits and now he's like the number one guy. But Rodgers this week, like, we need young guys to step up. There's too many that I don't trust on. Like very directly, pretty much just calling out Romeo Dubs uh, for not making plays. He was 0 for 4 last week, one of the lowest graded receiver performances we've seen this year. Yeah, we all had bad days at the office. He still was in there for the most routes, the most you know top three targets last week. But I think this is like I think he's just going to continue to get moved down. The more and more we see Aaron Rodgers, less and less pleased by this guy. 
I think he's going to kind of disappear to the the, dis, the the mystic here, fade into the mystic. Four, four, and zero points in the last three weeks, too. It's not like he's been doing much for you to give you the confidence. And now that Rodgers is publicly calling him up, oh, and it's like the top, bottom three matchups for wide receivers against Buffalo, let's not consider any Packers. No Rodgers, no Lazard, no Dubs. Like, let's cross that team out this week. No, thank you. Only cross him out. Cross him out for the year. Hail Marys, uh, the Wolf's boy, Donovan Peoples-Jones, uh, 22% on. Also, Tyquan Thornton, who you've been kind of uh, circling for the last couple of weeks. Yeah. I mean, Peoples-Jones just continues to get it done week in and week out with Brissett. Six catches, 71 yards. Four catches, 71 yards. Four for 50. Like, are they lighting the world on fire? Oh, and then 571. No. They go 10-7, 10, and 8. It's not amazing, but that is sustenance for fantasy. That's four straight weeks in the top 50 wide receivers. And when you're looking at a Hail Mary, you know, and, and again, three of those four weeks were top 40. So like, again, not a huge ceiling, but if one of those deep bombs goes for a touchdown, now we're talking about a top 20 wide receiver week. And similar to like that, when I like to have a, a Hail Mary running back play, I want it to be a, a handcuff with some upside too. We get Watson coming back in just three to four weeks here. One of the best deep passers in the NFL. So people's Jones is like, you can play him and still have a lot of upside, a lot of fancy meat on the bone for future weeks here. And then Tyquan Thornton, similarly, I think Kendrick Bourne's going to get moved this coming week. Even if not, he's clearly in the doghouse. And I just really like what I'm seeing this kid do every time he's out on the field. Yeah, last week, you know, only two fantasy points, one catch, 19 yards, but two touchdowns the week before, moving all over the place. Just like underlying usage that I really am intrigued by, big plays that I see him making. I think the kid's a real talent. Huge speed. Uh, if the quarterback situation can kind of balance itself out, I think we're going to see a nice stretch run from Thornton starting this week against the Jets. All right, tight ends. What are you doing with all these tight ends here? Usually we got like one or two tight ends. We got like seven guys to go through here. Pat Fryermuth, higher at Philly, tight end six, two spots above the experts. I mean, if you got Fryermuth, you're playing him regardless, whether you got him six or eight, right? Yeah, I, I just don't understand why he's not like a locked in top six guy at this point. Every week he's played. Great volume, 10, 7, 4, 9, 2, and 9 targets. The two-target game was when he got hurt. So really only one dud on his entire season, uh, excluding the injury-riddled game. 10, 10, 12, 12, and 5 points. So, you know, four of his five weeks have been very, very useful. So big fan of Pat Fryer, commanding a ton of targets, 35% target share last week. I feel good about him. On the opposite end of things, Zach Ertz, a little bit lower this week, saw 10, 10, and then Hopkins comes back, four targets. So I think with Target Hopkins back, I'm so much lower on Rondell Moore, on Zach Ertz moving forward. Yeah, I mean, I have Ertz on playing in Minnesota as a plus matchup for him, but yeah, I'm really worried play. about what Hopkins' return means for him, for sure. Dalton Schultz. And the last two guys you got, you got one higher and you got one lower, both kind of significant. Dalton Schultz against the Bears, you got him as tight end eight, five spots above. The reason that's significant is because, you know, the experts would say he's maybe not even a starter. And you're saying, yeah, he definitely is. Whereas Hawkinson, if I'm reading this right, the experts have Hawkinson as the tight end one. Is that correct? I don't know. It can't be. I think he – so I have him at tight end 11 and a minus five on him. Okay, so but you have you have tight end six written down on the page in your five lower. So which he's, would, which he would have him as tight end one. I was like, that's the only reason I want to talk about this. He's no, no, this no. guy as the tight end one. Okay. No, he's but he is a top six tight end, which means he's above Pat Fryermuth. He's above Taysom Hill. Two guys that I would 100% not even think twice – Okay. Hawkinson has one good game on the year. Granted, he had 36 fucking points. I mean, it was a real good game. But I was against Seattle, who's been just murdered by tight ends all year. The rest of the season, 6-4, 9, 7 fantasy points. Like, 
okay, all tight end 11 numbers. He's been outside your top 11 tight ends in all, but that one smashed week. So I don't love Hawkinson. Meanwhile, I like Schultz, who's seen 7 and 10 fantasy points in his two games with Dak, 5 and 9 targets. Chicago, bad defense. I think Schultz, you know, he's ranked, what, like outside the top 16 tight ends? By the experts, I have tight end eight, so tight end 13. So not even really a, a fringe starter for the experts here. So, yeah, I like Dalton Schultz. Back with Dak, real big chemistry for him. All right, let's talk Hail Marys. Kate Otten, you've been talking a lot about this guy lately. 13% owned. Also, you referenced Greg Dolchich. Uh, he's 41% owned, so he's not really a Hail Mary. I mean, that's a whole different conversation, but I see why you like him. Um, and then we got Harrison Bryant going against the Bengals, only 5% owned. And, of course, if you want to watch a guy, you've got, as always, Kyle Pitts. I'm not watching Kyle Pitts. What are you talking about? If you want to watch him puke is really what I wanted to just say. I Set refuse. myself up for such a great punchline. Yeah. Uh, but, no. Uh, to Kate Otten, the two games without Cameron Brake, seven and eight fantasy points. You have seven and five targets, five catches in both games. Well, actually, four and six, rather. So, average of five catches. Uh, but still, been a solid, solid weapon. think you could find the end zone. Baltimore has been a plus matchup all year, top seven matchup. Four tight ends, no Russell Gage, probably no Julio. Great guy to work the middle of the field that Brady has shown some real trust in that you don't typically see for a rookie tight end. So I really like Kate Otten. Wanted to mention Greg Dolchich, who's been a top 12 tight end in his only two starts so far this year. Could be another top 12 week for him. And then Harrison Bryant, no Najoku here. And Harrison Bryant, a former Mackey Award winner as the best tight end in the league. Uh, He has only made like one to two spot starts for David Njoku across his career. But when he started, he's scored in all but one of those games. So I think he's a definite bet, given the way they've been using their tight end so far this year. And Harrison Bryant, a good, solid talent that's going to step right into like a six to eight target role. He's not David Njoku level athletic, but pretty good, just big body that I could see definitely being a viable touchdown threat. So if you're desperate at tight end, 5% rostered, don't be shocked that Harrison Bryant has himself a nice day. All right. That does it for that. We do have a pretty decent-sized mailbag. I'm going to have to run in a couple minutes because I actually have to put my kid to bed. But I do want to selectively, before I let you handle the vast majority of the mailbag, I do want to to selectively pick a couple of these that I've been looking at. First one, CJ, question for Nat and the Wolfpack. Who will have more drinks at the wedding Saturday night? Wolf, two-and-a-half-point favorite, or CJ? Um, My money's on the Wolf. I'm not going to lie to you. I think – I think the Wolf can sacrifice those two and a half drinks right away, and I think he still probably wins fairly decisively. Wolf, what do you think? Oh yeah, this is a no-brainer. I'm going to bury CJ. In right. <laughs> what do you think? What do you think an appropriate spread would be? Because I, I think two and a half. I mean, there's going to be a lot of money coming in on the Wolf there. I think so too. I don't think that line is anything insurmountable by HS. I will say this though: CJ can put it back. I mean, I've, I've drank with I, CJ. I, I, I believe yeah, I, can put him I can put him back too. I still, I would still like you over me. Probably. It's, it's going to be a rough Sunday show either way. Let's put it that way. Uh, we're both going to be in some pretty terrible shape here. So uh, yeah, nice. we will see. Yeah. I would hammer myself. I'd probably set the line at like four drinks. Um, it depends though too. Like, is he starting it like only at the night after the ceremony? Cause like I said, I'm officiating and there's a good chance I'm going to put back a few, like you know, ease the tone. Like you get like a two to three drinks before I'm even doing the, the ceremony type of situation. Prop, prop bet. What is the prop bet uh, on you vomiting on the bride? Oh, I mean, I, I'd like to think I plus like plus like four thousand. Yeah, plus four thousand. And I mean, I wouldn't even. It's hate not like impossible. In that case. It's not impossible, <laughs> right? Yeah. 
Anyway. Uh, no, I'd, I'd hammer myself beating CJ by two and a half. So, in contrast to what you guys are going on, I'm I'm in the midst of a, a not drinking for 45 days. Really? Yeah, I'm on day 18. Wow, I was going to say it's been a while since we've like cheers on the show. I'd, good for you. Any any particular reason or just kind yeah, of? Yeah. Um, basically, I just I got on the scale. I almost never weigh myself, and I got on the scale, and I didn't like what I saw, and I was like, the biggest reason for this is probably that I'm just drinking so many empty calories every night yeah. and so uh yeah so that's my goal so uh, i'm i'm not drinking until thanksgiving break wow and good for you yeah Have you we'll see any good results on the scale too i've dropped like seven pounds in like uh two two and a half weeks not there too bad not something bad. right that's something um, absolutely yeah so we'll see how that works out so if i seem overly sharp to you that's why <laughs> um a right. sober truth Texas Hustler. Holy shit. Russell Wilson is the shit holding his shit to save time. Best fantasy football podcast ever. My people's the wolf and baby Gronk. That's right. Be wild and love the show. Dallas, Texas is always watching. One of our favorite uh, viewers slash listeners. Always. We really, really appreciate in the world. Oh, definitely. Uh, there's one or two more that I wanted to address real quick. You got to um, get the, we got to get our calling, don't we? We do got to get our call. Well, that'll be the last thing and then I'll leave. Okay. Um, Angel, no wolf. why is your boy such a giant? This is just trolling you, basically. He's still butthurt about the two Super Bowl wins against the Pats, 18 and one baby. Wolf, are you still butthurt about those Super Bowl wins? Always will be. That will never leave. My my anus will always hurt from those two losses. Like, there's no question about it. I'm definitely butthurt. But, like, I the Giants are 6-1, and one, yes. Other than Saquon, there's nobody. And I like Wandale now moving forward. Danny Vick out there, I guess, you know, at one 100-yard game. But I just don't believe in Daniel Jones as a fancy product. I just don't believe in the Giants as a like. They're the no, I don't. I don't either. I don't either. I mean, I, they're going to lose to the Bucks in round one of the playoffs. Tommy B is going to come back against them. If the, uh, if the Bucks make the playoffs, you might be right. make the playoffs. True, but no, Angel, I, I love you, kid. But no, I'm, I, I'm definitely butthurt about him. That's not really what's informing my fantasy bias. Last one uh, before we go to Dave, and then I got to go. Tanner Nelson, I traded Mike Thomas for Brandon Ayuk. Win or loss? Yeah, that's a win, dude. Huge win. I, like we were <laughs> talking about Brandon Ayuk. I mean, uh, MTV. We're cutting. talking about maybe cutting him, and we like Ayuk a lot. So yes, I obviously that's a win. Bring David up here, and then uh, and then I got to take off. Our guy David, what's going on, man? Welcome back to the show. How you guys doing? You catch me oh, off the guard black now. Light party over there. What, what's I know you got on? the black. You got the black light on. <laughs> I wish no. Um, got to keep Bad the lights ass. dim for the baby. But uh, okay. uh, how old's the baby? Uh, over three months now. Oh, that's awesome, dude. <laughs> yeah. Enjoy. Um, that. Sorry, truth about Thursday. It was my anniversary. I apologize to Wolf already. It's all right. So I had to. I had to prioritize. Way too forgiving, Truth. Way too forgiving. So, <laughs> you guys got a three-month-old kid. I, I, <laughs> you, you've you've never been there, dude. But I've been there a couple times, and uh, you know, you, you give him a pass on a lot of these things. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to. Where are we on Malik Willis? Are we monitoring the Tannehill news? And if he comes in, is he like a must play in a super flex league? Um, so, I mean, it really depends on who your other options would right. be. I would be, you know, Tannehill didn't practice today. That's Wednesday reports, though. That's why I like being able to mostly go on Thursday. That's when we really start to get some tea leaves. If he sits tomorrow, doesn't even get a limited in, that's where I might drop my kicker or drop a defense, pick up Willis and kind of get a feel for how this plays out. I think he'd probably rank right around my top 18 quarterbacks, given it's a Houston matchup. I, I like him. I, I would love him in that spot. It depends on who your other guy might be. But, yeah, I would probably like over Trevor Lawrence, over Russell Wilson, over a lot of guys that have Malik Willis for sure. 
Yeah, not to parrot just exactly what the Wolf said, basically, but it depends on your other options, but there's loads and loads of guys I'd put him in before. Yeah, so <laughs> my super flex right now is Heineke with Brissett on the bench. So I feel like I could cut Brissett to bring in, or even a Heineke, um, to bring in Willis to see if he's going to start, fire yeah. it up. I'd I feel would, pretty I would comfortable. Over either of them. I, I would, would feel pretty comfortable getting rid of either of those guys if it meant putting him in. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I would wait till tomorrow's report. If Tannehill sits again, pick him up right away. Okay. Also, no. uh, just just as an aside before I take off, Dave, I know you always like mush picks. I'm not picking a mush player this week. I'm picking a game. <laughs> okay. Uh, Bron- Broncos Jaguars London game. It's a mush game. Okay. Do we so even touchdown the- in that game, truth. A single touchdown. I'm taking a full under on that one. <laughs> no, you know, I'd be careful because the under might be like 17 and a half, something yeah. like that. And, and you still might hit. Yeah. And, and I just wanted to say I love the haircut for the truth. Thank you. I, I, I substitute teaching in elementary school. I got a lot of compliments today. There you yeah. go. From, from the children, from not, not from any of the adults. <laughs> all right guys thank Looking you nice and clean I, I meant to say it before we went live I this is this is uh i don't know if you watch the simpsons but when barney quit drinking all of a sudden he looked really uh respectable this is yes. me not drinking wolf this yeah is, there you this go is, this is say, the face looks a little thinner right. little yeah yeah once once uh once i'm back on the sauce you're gonna see a completely disheveled <laughs> don't worry i'm counting the days i'll be back <laughs> the week after Thanksgiving, truth just comes on and is like a corpse, like a mess. <laughs> I've, I've, already, I've already told my wife many times my plans for just getting absolutely blitzed over Thanksgiving just by myself. Oh, oh Jimmy, it. it's going to be great. Yeah. Wow. We'll, we'll have to do a stream at that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Over I'm under how many drinks are consumed on the first day. We'll set, set the odds. Let's go. Oh, if you want to, if, if you want to do a Thanksgiving podcast, I mean, I don't know if you can because I need. I, I, I will definitely get wrecked with you on. That. Oh yeah, <laughs> we, did, we did one last, yes last Thanksgiving morning. It was great. I had the turkey on the smoker. We were pounding yeah. the beers back. It was awesome. Um, I mean, I would say over under truce first day non drinking. I'll set I'll set the the drinks at 13, 13 and a half. Okay. I was going to say like 11, 12. So you're you're in the ballpark. I, I think it's going to hit your lips. True. It really. It just comes down to how early do you start. Like if you're like if it's like Thanksgiving and that's your day starting, it, See, you're gonna but, have a nine a.m. beer. I'm telling you, fifteen easy. Then. Dave's probably gonna learn this at some point too, and you will too, Wolf. It's like th- that does make it tough because I generally don't get uh, hammered around the kids, but man, once they go to bed, it gets yep. on. Like <laughs> have a good yeah. one, guys. Thank All right, you. man. Like, subscribe, um, comment. Let's blast to the moon. Thanks, Thanks so Dave. much, David. Always love having you on. Talk to you later. And I'm Cheers. taking off, uh, Wolf. Uh, Texas Hustler just threw us a super chat. I will see you later. Um, have a great one. I'll post this pod tonight after I take care of my kid. Cheers. Thanks so much, man. Always great seeing you. Truth. Have later, a good guys. rest of the, the week. We'll see you later. Um, all righty. My man, Texas Hustler, thank you so much for the super chat. So greatly appreciated. Waller Schultz Everett. Cut one. Leaning Waller. Woo. Gordon, all right, so let's start with the first one. Waller, Schultz, Everett, cut one. Oh, man, that's tough. I would, I think I might agree with Waller, which is just so crazy to think um, entering the year. Like, we would never even thought that. Uh, but what are we seeing that makes him really worth holding on to? I'd have a hard time. I know Everett, it's his bye week, but with Mike Willie laid up for a long time here, I have a hard time cutting Everett. He's been pretty damn solid all year. And Schultz seems to be getting going again with Dak. Um the only thing, though, is Schultz's injury. You got to monitor it. Like, if he's limited today, uh, I mean, moving forward in the week, he got tackled awkwardly. He doesn't look fully like himself. 
So part of me is leaning Schultz here. Just like, is he ever going to fully be that guy we saw last year that was a target hog? Um, but yeah, gun to my head, I'd cut Waller right now. If I had to make the move today, I would see if he can wait just a couple days. Texas Hustle, let's see if we get some news on Schultz and his knee and if he's going to be banged up a bit. Um, but yeah, I'd lean into Waller, all things equal. Gordon, Herbert, Eno, D. Harris, you got to cut one of them. I would, or is it start one of them? Um, if it's starting one, it's Herbert for sure. And when you said leaning Herbert, then that's where I was like, okay, it's got to be Herbert because that Broncos situation is ugly. I do think Gordon is going to get taken over uh, by Murray. He already kind of is as the game went on and one bad fumble, he's toast. Uh, Harris, I mean, 40 snaps to Ramondre, nine to Harris. It's a full takeover at this point. Ramondre is the only running back you can trust there. Harris does always have that touchdown upside, but a good Jets defense, not trusting him this week. So yeah, with now, uh, Assuming Connor's back and, and Daryl Williams back, Eno does nothing for me. He'd be the first guy I cut from this list. So, yeah, to me, it's Herbert. Again, as we said, 15 and 14 uh, touches, one touch more for David Montgomery last week. 41% of the snaps went to Herbert. They continue to talk about getting him more and more involved, and he just looks better and better by the week. So, yeah, give me Herbert, the best talent here. Baby Gronk, no BS ever, just the real always bringing fire down and love it hustle you're the fucking man thank you so much for the hype always thank you for the super chat and your support it's so greatly appreciated seven and oh love to see it my man and now etn you've been all about him as you said travis all summer so great to see uh good to see the stream is packed and working for you uh it's fine for me chris so it looks like it was uh good for everyone else hopefully it got good for you chris shout out to your seven and oh team and only getting better like you said with etn now a top 15 running back rest of the year Juan Pena, Flex and running back two, Gibson, Williams, Herbert, Eno, Benjamin, Connor. I would go Connor and Jamal Williams here. Uh, if Connor does sit, then obviously you fire up Eno there. Jamal is a good touchdown bet each and every week, but Herbert's closing that gap rapidly. Kyron Williams returned to practice, jump. I agree, Roth. We talked about him there, but definitely stash. You know, still only 35, 40% rostered, should be 70%, um, especially with Henderson illness. You know, what if that lingers? So, yeah, absolutely. They've had huge plans for him all year. He hasn't been able to stay healthy. But if we get health, Williams could be one of those real stretch run difference maker. Absolutely. And as we go in here, Wolfpack, through your questions, happy to answer them all. But, you know, it would be so appreciated is that thumbs up. Free, easy way to support us. Help us get out to more people as we answer all your questions, like shares, retweets, all that good stuff. It does truly go such a long way. And if you're new here, saw some new names as I was scrolling up, join the pack. would be so greatly appreciated. We're live four times a week answering your questions. Please do consider, if you haven't already, helping us continue to get those numbers up. We'll back. Michael Bernardo at non-PPR. Would you trade Kamara and Juju for Kelsey? That's close. You do have really good running back depth, though. The receiver depth's a little sketchier here. I do like Cooper, though, and I think he's only going to get better. I would pull the trigger here. I'd see if you can sneak another piece in with Kelsey, but even if not, I would probably pull this. The thing is, like, Juju's starting to emerge but I think you're also selling pretty high there. Like who knows if that will actually stay steady. So yeah, I do, I do that deal given how big of an edge Kelsey is. Thought I lost today. Nah, Kristen, uh, we just had to be early because your boys uh, rehearsal dinner tomorrow. Let's pick one. Connor, Williams, Hurst, Wandale, Kirk. In a standard league, I do think James Connor has the highest touchdown upside here. Um, so I go him. That's where I, I lean. Who for my wide receiver one and two? Thielen, Wandale, Jerry Judy, Curtis Samuel, Allen Robinson, or Duvernay. I'm going to go Thielen, and I'm going to go Kurt, uh, I'm going to go Wandale. The first two you list there, Juan, is where I'm leaning. Again, Wandale, 27.5% K 
uh, targets per route, like top 10 in the league there, feeling a good bet for the uh, end zone every single week. So I, I feel good about those guys. Bills, uh, so Roth, I 100% agree. And I actually recommended uh, him. If, I don't know if you caught the waiver wire show, but as my like sneaky under the radar stash right now, we've seen a lot of times that post buy rookie bump. Wouldn't be shocked at all to see James Cook see like 10 carries out of nowhere, be the number one pickup of the week next week. Um, I think he's so damn explosive, so damn talented. Wouldn't be shocked at all to see him be one of those. Like we just talked about Kyron Williams being a stretch running hero. James Cook, nobody thinking about him right now. I'm with you, Roth. Great talent. Um, gets blowout burn. Wouldn't be shocked to see you know, Zach Moss enacted the last time out. Would be would like to see James Cook get rolling more and more. First time, long time from some wise ass named CJ. Love the show. Good. Glad at least you like it. Waited out for James Conner. Played Bateman in the flex. R.I.P. Brees. Ah, uh, what a tough downgrade here. I like Bateman. I do. I think Bateman has a nice day. I, it's not because I don't think James Conner plays. I think he does. I think I just might prefer, prefer Bateman um, in a PPR league. I think that's – I don't know what the settings are, but I think you typically play half or full. So, oh, yeah, half PPR there. So, yeah, I'm probably going Bateman. Get yourself a little Thursday night juice. PPR, should I trade Edwards for Carter? I also own Dobbins. Oh, that's tough. I like them both the rest of the season. Uh, gun to my head. I'm a little biased because I have in every league. I'm going to go Gus there. Full PPR for tunes. Need three and two flex. Bateman, Gus Edwards, Judy Pickens, Robinson. Going to go Robinson and Edwards for the two flexes. And I'm going to go Bateman for the wide receiver three. Magic Mike, thank you for your kind words. Pick two, full PPR. Start Aaron Jones, Damian Pierce, Jalen Waddle, or Gabe Davis. Got to start. Damian Pierce. Oh, man, holy shit, this is a tough question now that I think about it. I go Damian Pierce as the top running back play here, a little bit above Aaron Jones. Man, I think I like Waddle against Detroit in full PPR. I think we'll get peppered and, and put up some stats with Tua back there. Hey, cut Dobbs for picking, and I like that move. Uh, Dylan for Gus Bus. I agree with them both, Robert. Uh, definitely sick of the Packers. Aaron Jones, the only one I would play there. Um, but I do like Brian Robinson more than Edwards, I think. A little bit more stable rest of the season role my opinion for similar type of players and, and offenses, I guess, obviously not offenses. Ravens are much more explosive, but I think Edwards, especially when Dobbins does come back already a messy situation. That's how the Ravens run their backfield. Whereas Robinson just continues to emerge as like a 16 to 20 carry guy a week. Pitts on Ingram, lean and Otten. Yeah. I lean Otten there. Two tunes pick two Fournette, Stevenson, Edwards, or Najee Harris. I'm going to go Fournette and Stevenson there. Pat Sullivan. Tanner Nelson, what receivers could I get when packaging CD and MT? I mean, MT, who knows if anybody wants them. So I don't really know, Tanner. That's a kind of random question. It's tough to answer depending on team strengths, needs, all that stuff. Question for Nat. Oh, yeah, yeah. I definitely hammering the wolf there, CJ. Need to, Fournette, Mostert, JT, Bus, or ETN. Going ETN and I'm going Fournette there, Russell Kaiser. Y'all think Tannehill's playing? I don't know. I think so, Juan. I think it was just kind of a rest day, get himself healthy, but maybe not. Should I trade something for Najee, Simpy? I kind of, I don't love either, actually, to be the rest of the season. But, yeah, I prefer the back that's getting, you know, 70, 75 to 80% of the snaps, most touches. I think Sutton's going to be an up-and-down roller coaster the rest of the year. Rodney Davis, the shades. After a trade for JT, I have a nice problem. Three standard. JT Barkley, that's a real nice problem. Uh, Pollard of Zeke is out in. Barkley's always in. And then I think I go Kamara slightly over JT here. Rodney, but I am very intrigued to see if Sam Ellinger opens up some, some back cut lanes there for JT. 
Trade Pittman for Najee and Goddard. I like the move. I do because I love Goddard with no tight end, especially. Like I think that's a fair deal, especially because Pittman, who knows how this plays out with uh, Ellinger. Maybe he's just a target hog, but I don't know. It could be all over the place. Pittman has one target at 15-plus air yards, none above 20. Just crazy. Heard that one from J.J. Zacharyson's pod today. Um, got offered Pittman and Bateman for Swift. In a 10-team league, I'd probably prefer Swift. Just, you know, you got the running back depth. Your receivers do kind of suck, though, Kyle, so maybe you take it. But I don't love Pittman or Bateman. I like, I like him, but I don't love him. And Swift could be like a top-five running back once he's fully healthy. So that's tricky. Cremont Terrence would be awesome. Let's hope. Let's pray. Robert Moreno. Start Gus tomorrow or Ayuk? I go Ayuk, uh, Ben, in a full PPR league. Like crazy to buy low on a couple of Broncos, Sutton and Wilson. Yeah, fuck Wilson. No no interest. Coaching staff's horrible. Wilson himself's an absolute tool and bad locker room presence. Maybe Sutton just because the targets are always there, but I'm not sprinting to buy him. I'll tell you that much, Chip Duvall. Great to see you, Chip, by the way. Uh, might be able to move Ayuk, Cousins, and Sanders for Sutton, Wilson, and Chubb. That deal's on the table. I would do it. I would just cut Wilson. Like, it's Sutton and Chubb for IU Cousins and Sanders, essentially. And I would do that. Just depends on what quarterback you would be starting moving on from there. Well, can I get from Montgomery and CD? Again, can't answer those questions, really, because it's like, depends on what team strengths you're kind of prioritizing. You're always picking away. So we do have a trade value chart. I will say that on Anmol Singh. Um, go check out the trade value chart. One of our highest-hitting pieces, one of the smartest writers we have is Jackson Barrett. Uh, he values every single player. So you can kind of add up CD and Montgomery, their total. And compare it on the trade value chart. That's the best route, I would say, for trade value questions. Because otherwise, it's so tricky to analyze. Everett or uh, Ertz or Everett rest of the season? I think it's. I think it might be Everett with Mike Williams banged up for a lot of the rest of the season, Zach. I have both these guys. I, you probably are holding on to both of them. Um, but I'm worried about Ertz's season outlook with Hopkins now commanding all these targets. If MT's rule out again, is he drop hole? That's what we just talked about, though. You see, like, kind of bad locker room presence. Doesn't seem like he's going to play all year. I would drop Van Jefferson for Kyron. Um, you could also drop Brita. Like, it's a nice handcuff to have for Saquon, but I'd probably drop. I always hate that. Like, when I'm like, drop Brita. And then Saquon gets hurt the next week. Um, but out of all these guys, I'd probably rather have Kyron than Van than Brita, is how I'd probably rank them. Bulldog. Guys need to replace Najoku. Who do you prefer, Higby, Brian, or Otten? I definitely prefer Higby. I mean, he's got 10 plus targets in all but one week, I think. So, yeah, big fan of him. Um, definitely got a block. Uh, the, the bots are here for their sit star questions. The Russian sex bots <laughs> kind of know who that is their wide receiver too. Apparently uh, Alex Moran college career. Cha- yeah. That, that's the dream right there. Right. Embrace the Martian, lock it up. Sarah Riley, happy for you. I need flex. Etienne Davis Higgins. You can only pick one of these guys. So I would cross off the last three. No, no need to consider Edwards Robinson or Ayuk, which again, in most lineups, we'd love to have them. Sarah, uh, but you got Etienne Davis and Higgins are definitely above all of them. I lean Etienne. You know, 80% of the snaps, huge game last week. I think the role only gets better and better with no Robinson here. So I'm going to go Etienne there, Sarah. OPPR, Gus the Bus or AJ Dillon? Go on Gus the Bus, no doubt about it, my man, Angel. Um, you know, Dillon's been useless for a long time here. He's, he's a handcuff strictly. Need to pick up a QB this week during Herbert's bye. Dalton or Danny Dimes? I, would, I, I know it was lower on Danny Dimes. But I still have him quarterback 14. Good rushing upside. Uh, 29 fancy points last week. Seems to be getting better and better and more comfortable. So I go Danny Dimes over Andy Dalton. I do. Um, I think that's serviceable to get you through Herbert's back. 
Car limited today. He'll play. He's going to play Millie C. But thanks for the news. Always uh, always helpful. Need to pick one for week eight. Sutton, Pickens, Wandale, and Myers. I go Sutton, but, man, I, I have the same question, like Wandale or Sutton myself, and it's getting close. Uh, I do like Pickens a lot, too. So if your gut's like, I, I want to bench Sutton, do it. In fact, maybe Myers is higher than all these guys. Uh, Bulldog, I have them all in the same tier. I have them all near each other. It's so tough. That's a gut call. Sutton's kind of got the lowest floor, in my opinion, even though I like the ceiling. I like the name value, I guess. But I, I kind of probably think if I'm at PPR full, I, I think I lean Jacoby. Geno Smith, actually, I have above all those guys, Ryan. I'd go Geno. I'd trade Josh Jacobs and Duvernay for George Kittle. Oh, no, that's a tough one. That is pain. Uh, it's looking like Josh Jacobs is one of the league winners this year. Millie C, yeah, thoughts on James Cook? I just talked about this, so you probably already heard it. But I do think you got bench trash to cut. I like James Cook. Post-buy, you've seen that for rookies so many times. They just randomly start getting more and more involved. So, yes, I like him. Should I trade Mixon and Pitts for Swift and Goddard? Uh, yeah, I like Mixon more than Swift, but I think Goddard's a huge upgrade over Pitts. So, yeah, I think so. Traded MT. Yeah, that was a huge win, Tanner, obviously. Uh, silence for your team. Third place lost Brees, Najoku, DK, Lazard. Tough game, Fatty Mateo. Ah, man, that's tough, but knowing you, you can come out of this. Henderson updated, as you, you mentioned for us. Yeah, I am that hater, baby. Um, oh, so you're, maybe maybe it was uh, Truth is the hater, but maybe I'm the hater. Who knows? Bulls are undefeated. They're going. Uh, you're undefeated. Life is good for you, Chris. I hope the good times keep rolling, brother. Ever since you discovered this show. Life has been the best it's ever been. <laughs> Glad to have you around. You're a great fan, my dude. Uh, thumbs up indeed. Well, Pat, that thumbs up is so greatly appreciated and helpful for us. Eckler, Mike Williams, DK, D. Henry, Pierce. Life is good when health is good. Indeed it is, uh, Kevin Rice. So your team is much better when it is fully healthy, as is the case for all of us. Which flex options? My computer might die any second, by the way, guys. So I just suddenly cut out and log off. My apologies. Uh, but we're at the tail end of the mailbag, so I think we'll get through. But just a heads up, if I cut out, wasn't purposeful. Boys, which flex options do I grab off wave wire? Uh, Samuel Bateman, Chuba, Boyd. Boyd and I think Bateman for me. Chuba's in and playing, maybe we switch it up. Uh, but I, I would get Bateman in your lineup on Thursday, and we kind of figure out the rest, but I'm leaning Boyd right now with how that's playing out. I do love Wandale a lot too, though, Fatty. Start Edwards or Wandale. I'm going Edwards there, Andre. Eckler, Fournette, Travis, Etienne, Deep Pierce. Running backs on running backs on running backs, baby. Where's I'm going? Hopefully the Rams. That's where I think so. He's available for a fourth-round pick, especially today. Rams, you know how quickly they'll give up their picks. Yeah. Not a Bills fan, but they trade and got Hunt. I mean, yeah, that too. They're already going to the Super Bowl. Uh, but, man, that would be even sexier. I agree. Full people for full PPR looking to upgrade. Uh, Ken Walker and Judy for Adams. I have a hard time moving Walker right now. Um, if you needed the depth, the lobby and Waddle's sexy. I do like Adams too, but I just don't want to move Walker. I think he's a top six running back the rest of the year. Uh, you already have Saquon and Henry, but can you play Walker in the flex? You know what I mean? That's tough. I think you can get a little bit more. Maybe you can get Adams in a piece. Um, a lot of it, Waddle's damn good too if you really need the depth. It's not unfair offers, I'll tell you that, but I'm personally not moving Walker. Should I start Damian Pierce or Walker? <laughs> That's tough, man. Good options, but I'm going to go Kenneth Walker. Uh, Tom Truth's haircut made me think of the barber scene and we have the Miller. Yeah. <laughs> Truth. Uh, hey, fellas, Gus or Foreman, DJ Moore or Lockett? I'm going to go Gus over Foreman, and I'm going to go Lockett over DJ Moore with uh, no Metcalf likely this week. 
Got to block another sex spot. They're really looking for that set start help this week, apparently. Willis is stash and redraft. I think so if you're quarterback needy, um, but only if we don't see Tannehill practice again tomorrow. And only if you need a quarterback, too. Like in redraft single QB, nah, not that important. Should I keep Gus or M. Carter for rest of season, says Robert Avila or R. Avila. I don't know why I guess you're Robert. Um, I lean Gus very slightly. I think James Robinson is going to be a bigger thorn than Michael Carter fans think. Mandrews is out. He's probably playing, but where would I rank likely? Right around KDOT and tight end 14, 15. Right in that range, Brian Martinez. I don't know which one I'd prefer, to be honest. Let's worry about that if we have to. Uh, do we fade Aaron Jones for James Conner? No, I, I still like Aaron Jones. His role has still been pretty viable. 70% of snaps last week, a lot of routes. I think he's going to run a ton of routes today, uh, this week against Buffalo. Damian Williams, I don't know why. No, it's it's a run-heavy attack, but it's gross as all hell, and Patterson will be back soon. Montgomery, Carter, Lazard, and the flex. Lena Montgomery there, even though I'm a little bit lower on him this week. Do you, uh, Waller will be playing? It looks like he's practicing, but I would lean Schultz here. Um, Nicola. Uh, Irv or Dolchix? I kind of like Dolchix. Top 12 tight end both of his weeks so far. Just traded Dolchix and gave up Paris Campbell. Um, and Dynasty, I prefer Dolchix myself. Uh, it sounds like you traded for Dolchix to give up Paris. I think you won that deal. Lincoln was here. And trade Monty for Hunt. Yeah, I think so, because I think Monty's only going down as good as Herbert's looking. Wolfpack, thank you so much. Good turnout. Lots of questions for a, a Wednesday edition of our Thursday show. So appreciate it. If you're here for the replay or you're here live on your way out, that thumbs up is so helpful at getting us out to more people. A lot of new names there towards the tail end. If you haven't already, please do hit the sub so you can keep being here. Thank you, buddy P. Moon. I love that you're here. Uh Love the energy guys. I haven't looked at underdog, unfortunately. Good RSJ for anybody out there. Love underdog. Um, I have not looked at the line, so I can't give you any advice right now, buddy. But I really do appreciate your kind words. We do love to bring the energy. Uh, and we love having you here. So if you're new or anybody else is new, that sub button. Keep helping us grow. Keeping that thumbs up and helping us get out there to more people. We'll back. So greatly appreciate all my content. All these updated rankings will be at roasterjournal.com. We're breeding and feed you fancy wolves. Wolf and Fancy Sheep be the wolf, guys. We used Later. to have it all, but now's our curtain call. So hold for the applause. Oh, 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 oh. And wave out to the crowd and take our final bow. Oh, it's our time to go, but at least we stole the show. 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 Second effort, third effort, touchdown! Oh. That's pretty awesome. That's old-fashioned football right there, folks.